welcome back to the Couch Command. Uh, we have another Geek Out shootout. We're going to be talking about everything. And once again, uh, it's going to be the two of us. It's uh, myself, Keith Justice. Uh, you can find us on popgeeks.com. And I have Isaac. Uh, hey, thanks for having me on again for a uh, random assortment of a grab bag of what's going on right now. Cool. Yeah, you can find Isaac on the YouTubes at Lobster Magnet Reviews. And, like, yeah, it's, he has one of my favorite channels. So please check him out. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, um, yeah. where, where do you want to start? Because, like, there's going to be, like, a main meat of this, which is, like, Doctor Strange that has kind of, like, made me want to talk about the attack of the megaverse that's happening to pop culture lately. Uh, yeah, let's start with Doctor Strange, because I re- remember originally you kind of wanted to do a podcast on that, but um, people weren't necessarily available for that, Or yeah. uh, and so let's uh, dive into it before it becomes completely irrelevant. Really quickly, before we get there, um, I just want, like, uh, doing the geeking thing, um, at least just, like, one thing. What have you been geeking on lately? Uh, let's see here. Uh, I've been enjoying the boys. Uh, boys is back. Uh, I'm loving the boys. Uh, I think it's completely underrated with its, uh, satire. I love the, uh, you know, the woke corporate festival with, uh, (laughs) BLM, BLTs, a woke walk, which just feels like, uh, you know, we're, and, and they, the most recent episode had a really funny parody of the Kylie Jenner Coke ad with a train, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, and recently, uh, a new manga series started. So, um, have you ever heard of? So, uh, all right. So, let, let me give you this title, and, and let me sa- see if this is something you'd read. Uh, su- super smartphone. Mm-hmm. Would you read a manga called Super Smartphone? What, that, what kind that of title sounds is that? Aw- what do you say? Uh, it has a. Uh, it, it, it has my curiosity. I'm surprised it has your curiosity. It sounds uh, stupid. Our audio is getting messed up. Uh, is it? Uh, I can still hear you. Okay, cool. Hello? Yeah, we're good now. Oh, yeah. Like uh, the, it does have my curiosity. Like the, uh, the the okay the because the, the for me like there's a live action Japanese TV show called uh, oh god god it was uh, the, it was it was about a super smartphone that could turn into a robot and they went on these like cyber punk adventures so i I already love a tv show like that so all right you're more positive uh i'm uh you you know i'm thinking of uh, in another world with a smartphone i I just think it sounds dumb but i I was amazed when i read the pilot chapter of this it's a new jump series uh and basically uh it's about this uh sort of kid who gets a super smartphone but what it does is it lets him like um research anything so classified information uh logs of what people have shopped so basically just imagine uh information battle death note okay so it's about this kid was with uh with the power of a super internet search engine and he's getting these mysterious points for some undisposed known purpose and there are other smartphone users so he's in a death battle game against the other smartphone users and right now he's trying to use that smartphone to solve crimes uh affect uh things but these smartphones they're they're super powerful information is power it gives you access to classified government documents uh so you know it's only five chapters it's really really recent but i I, i'm very surprised uh with how strong it is uh so far so I'm, i'm hoping they can uh don't jump the shark and then the smartphones give them superpowers 
uh, and it still remains r- real world. That that's always the like I always love high concept premises. It's just a question if you can keep going or if you'll screw yourself up in the long term. So right now I'm rooting for it. All right, yeah, great. Uh, what's it called again? Super smartphone. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I I, I like the. Yeah, I, there's a lot of tokusatsu shows where smartphones are their main weapon. So, and the show I was talking about is called Keitai Sosakan Seven, and it's pretty fan fucking fantastic. Um, yeah, like uh, a teenage boy uh, comes across a robot phone, and they you know run across adventures, and it, the robot phone hacks computer systems, and then there's an evil uh, robot phone in the show in the show called Zero One. Anyway. So you, I recommend it. Uh, I'll keep that in mind. Is it a what you call it? A Sentai thing? It's a it's it's a tokusatsu. It's just um is just Japanese live action. No super suits. It's just um this organization that for some reason developed these AI phones that allow them to do um, fight cyber crimes in Japan. Mm. Uh, and like the first one they created went rogue. <laughs> it's a black <laughs> evil phone with like a red face it was fantastic <laughs> oh my god so so what have you been enjoying lately um let's see the main thing i've been uh loving is my space he-man um i've been watching oh well, I mean, that's also something i'm kind of curious what, what do you think for reasons i don't understand uh, uh kevin smith's getting another he-man season oh um that is explained by uh south park you see the last south park Movie? Oh yeah, the, the, the streaming wars. Yep, like that. That is the the, the final answer to why all these shows <laughs> that like people hate and then like don't like you'll you'll see articles where like the ratings really aren't that good. Uh, it's because it doesn't matter if they're good or not. Like the name of the streaming game is um, watching subscriptions go up, and there's just always something new coming out. Well, it doesn't matter if it's good or not. Here's the complete puzzle, the missing piece to that puzzle, because uh, mm-hmm. I did enjoy the streaming wars of uh, South Park. Um, Netflix lost a shit ton of money. Uh, they missed their subscriber thing. The stock tanked, and uh, there's a huge change of house going on in Netflix right now. The animation's getting sliced. Uh, Netflix put their foot down saying, like, progressive activists, if you don't like it here, uh, go work somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And to Netflix's credit, I think they've, like, uh, taking a stance against both right and left. They kept the Ricky Gervais and the Dave Chappelle stuff up. But for all you lefty peoples, remember cuties and how right people were complaining about that. And they mm-hmm. wanted to get this uh, French woman, you know, this uh, African, you know, black French woman's uh, directorial debut taken down mm-hmm. uh, because it talked about the concept of over sexualizing children, even though it wasn't pro over sexualizing children. Netflix mm-hmm. stood their ground and they kept that. So mm-hmm. there you go. Uh, I, I I hope that I mean no one ever seems to like cite that as an example of Netflix uh, supporting uh, you know the good people, but uh, you know they took that stance for left leaning and right leaning. But a- anyway, uh, the point is is that like there isn't as much cash to go around, so uh, I think they're going to be forced to do a position where they just can't greenlight everything and keep on getting a mountain of debt. Uh, oh. So I I, I, oh, I guess oh, maybe this was like done. Here, here, this was done also- in the old regime. Okay, so then, like, there's the other the other layer that I felt like I was noticing before, which is um, creating a uh, money pipeline that maybe is harder to break than it is just to keep having and getting more material. So, like, with uh, Alex Kirkman's Star Trek, like, 
he made Discovery, and then like all these things just kept on getting announced, 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 and developed and developed. So that I think that like the invested money got tied into creating like a a a pipeline of like creation that would be way like more money to break. Than I mean, it is just to keep like, having it go, and they did all that work to create Kevin Smith's materials. That why not just use it again? Uh, you could be right about in that regard that this is like something that was decided way back months ago, and this is a part of the pipeline. And whatever money they have in that Kevin Smith second season of He Man, because I know like the way Netflix animations work is they typically like produce uh, two seasons at once, and then they release them at different times, even if the show doesn't do well. Like hmm. for example, have you ever seen the Pacific Rim, the Black? Not yet. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it as a Pacific Rim stan, uh, but I I would never call it good. It's just like a little leftover for people who are still rooting for Pacific Rim to become a thing, even though. (laughs) uh, I did like Pacific Rim, too. Did you? Yes. (laughs) That was actually fun to me. I, 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 as someone who, like, you know, uh, even the first Pacific Rim, like, you know, I I, want to like it, but it's not perfect. Uh, right. I think Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro isn't like very good at like broad blockbuster entertainment. He's more good at like you know creepy weird stuff. Um, uh, yeah, uh, you're saying what you can't. You're not supposed to say that out loud. Like, no, Pacific Rim, that first one's a perfect masterpiece that uh, you just don't get. But no, you're right. Like that first, the first uh, to me, like I liked it a lot. I admire it deeply, but. I I actually couldn't put my finger on like what's missing from it, and then uh, Pacific Rim Two went. Hey, if you like robot jocks and want to have more fun than robot jocks, Pacific Rim Two. And I loved robot jocks, and I just want to <laughs> see some fun with some monster fighting. And I saw some great choreography and set pieces. I bought like most of the toys robots from there. I love the designs. Mm. So oh, the designs were always fun. I, I was always kind of hoping it would become a thing with like people with names like Gypsy Danger and Coyote yeah. Tango, but it never quite caught on. Uh, it was just annoying because like you know I'd say like for all their faults, they're still you know the Pacific Rim franchise is better than the Michael Bay Transformers franchise. It's less hateful and spiteful. Yes, but uh, you know I never quite understood why the mass audience is like yeah fuck yeah Transformers. If, you want, if that's what you want, like I highly recommend getting into an Ultraman. Like that is the kind of direct fun that you get like with named like monsters. The monsters are as like well known as Pokemon and named heroes and. What a Titan is versus the Ultraman and the ships well, and organizations. And- I'll, I'll say this much. I, I, mm-hmm. I am 100% going to watch whenever Hideki Anno's uh, Shin Ultraman is widely oh, available. I'm, I'm looking forward I've, to that. I've heard it's bad. Really? Yep. Um, my friend in Japan, uh, he was, we had a conversation just the other day because like he, he's doing a little uh, roundup of, of Ultraman toys for me. And he said, oh, man. Oh, I forget. Okay, I, I, I'm going to see if I can find it. But mainly, he says the reason why it did so well is because uh, Japan has been like hurting. They've been like dying. Like the the COVID thing was brutal, and finally they get a reason to go out and reconnect with something that's familiar with everybody. And but like, if you're like a, like a Ultraman fan or Tokusatsu fan, and you're looking at what you're seeing, something about like it's not really actually a good movie. Interesting. I, I, I'm I'm very curious to see it. Uh, just because I'd love what he did with Shin Godzilla so much. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever watch that anime series, the, the, the weird one that came out last year, the Godzilla Perfect, Perfect Point or the, the anime Is, on Netflix? Uh, yeah. Zero Point? I think that's what, what it was called. Uh, um, uh, it's more of my weirdness. Like, I turned my nose up at it because I don't want to see my stuff made uh, realistic. Singular Point. <laughs> there you go. That's what it was. There you uh, go. I, uh, I, I, I didn't. I, it was not great. So uh, Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, I, I want to get around just, to like giving that stuff a try. You might like it. I, I just thought it was kind of a weird, interesting mess. Uh, so you you might find value, but I, I did not think it was great. Uh, but anyway, so you you so go back to the things you were geeking out at. Let, let's let's gotcha. focus. Um. Okay. And, and like uh, my friend, I found what he said. Like he fell asleep during the movie, <laughs> and he says expensive actors, nice CGI does not save a horrible story, but. Everybody in Japan is just dying for like some joy, and this was it. So yeah, we'll see how it turns out to be. All right. Uh, so yeah. tell me more about Space Heat, man. All right. So um, I think like it, much like with uh, the Last Jedi, where like somebody comes into the property and stomps it out, and it turns into like this bitter like argument of people like saying, "If you don't like it, then you're on this side of the political line," and that's what Revelations was, and it grossed me out. Um, last year I did that, grossed me out. So, like, then I, like, usually go, turn my uh, focus towards, like, okay, let's try to remember what did we love about this stuff and, like, find something that's adjacent and find joy in it. So, like, I went and, like, down the science fiction well with Dune and Three Body Problem and, like, holy hell, I, I reignited my love of science fiction, which is why I used to love Star Wars. And then He-Man, um, like, there's, do you, were you ever a He-Man fan? Not super, uh, but you, apparently there was like a space He Man that was uh, uh, what call it? Uh, yep, to me, universal was... reviled he, <laughs> space He Man. So like the path went for me as a kid. Uh, I was like one of the first He Man fans. Like uh, the toys got to me, and those comics. And in the comics, there was like some like darkness and sexiness that like we feel like our parents didn't know were in there. So like mm. in like second or first grade, we come to the playground with them, going, "Holy shit, you can see." He-Man peeling off Tila's bra. And, like, we were just, like, it was amazing. And then the to- the cartoon comes and brutally toned everything down. But it was charming. We all loved it. And then um, Scott Knight, like, showed, like, the downfall of He-Man, which was, I remember it being kind of furious that, like, they stopped making new He-Man episodes and they kept on just making She-Ra. So I was like, where's He-Man? So then, like, yeah, that's how you fell out of it. And then, uh, yeah, He-Man crashed and burned and eventually they made new space He-Man. And by then, I think everybody who's in He-Man was about just to go to high school. And you're already scared and and angry and you're changing <laughs> and fucking space He-Man's on. What? What is this? And, like, you're so mad that, like, uh, the space He-Man, like, uh, says He-Man has been thrown into a far future to save mankind. And you're like, wait, what? We're not seeing Eternity anywhere? And, like, nope. Uh, like, everything you loved about He-Man is just fucking gone. So, basically, like, it al- it almost sounds like, um, it reminds me, what happened to He-Man with Space He-Man is kind of like what happened with Spider-Man with that weird... Yes! Yeah. ...where he goes to, like, the animal planet and he's got to fight the animal people. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's it, But, like, if you, if you come, like... So, like, at that point of all of our lives, like, we don't want to be fucking bothered with it. Everybody got so mad and, like, it became like a He-Man that, like no fan ever speaks of ever again. Mm. And then like, um, now that, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm older 
and time has passed, and like I, I was gonna give it an honest try, and found out it's fantastic. Um, it's basically He Man Isekai. Um, <laughs> they really did do it where uh, you had He Man in the first episode where he was on Eternia, and then you get to see for like fifty six episodes what would happen if he's ripped from his world and put into a new fantasy world. And you've just been enjoying the experience, considering it's an underrated gem. So yeah. You- um, watching with my friends, like you, we have like this, there's like this old school kind of enjoyment that we used to have where, um, like nineties, eighties, you watch something and then like there's animation spikes where like right here, all of a sudden the animation gets wild and awesome. And He-Man had that. So it was like fun to work your way through like some more rough stuff or see them try really hard with little means to make stuff look good and there's actually like it's the first time he-man's had like continuity um world building yeah the great world building and also something i remember a long time ago when i first got onto forums being warned or told yeah if you're gonna watch space he-man be prepared for a lot of starfighter dogfight action (laughs) and yeah it's really weird to sit down and enjoy he-man with him trying to get used to flying a starfighter and dogfighting against Skeletor, or like almost well, he, every episode. Well, here's a hard question to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the pinnacle of like a Saturday morning cartoon sci-fi was Exo Squad, which mm. uh, I, I, I still I'm still amazed there isn't like a fan culture of people who've like reappraised Exo Squad. Um, yep. Maybe someday I'll do a video on it. Uh, yeah, Exo Squad was amazing. Yeah, I'm still amazed that, like, I think that deserves to be brought back and rediscovered. Is Space He-Man as good as Exosquad? Absolutely not. You? Absolutely not. No, 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 no. <laughs> Exosquad was, like, that was a that was, that was was an epic. That was, like, seeing Babylon 5 before it happened. Like, they, they <laughs> really, really cared about. The Space He-Man is uh, season three of Transformers. Mm. That's what it is. Where, like, everything goes futuristic, animation gets a little more wild and fun, and there's like a lot more creativity, but it's far away from what's expected from the man- franchise, and therefore it can bl- turn a lot of people off. Yeah, if you're just in for it for the fun and can go with the concept, then you're in for like great '80s nostalgia fun, where it's kind of like on the level of like a mask or visionaries. Ah, all right. Well, good find on your part. I hope you sounds like you're having a good fun. Anything else oh, yeah. you're, you're reading that or, or uh, watching that's uh, you're geeking out on? Um, let's see. Uh, I'll say two other things really quickly. Uh, one of them is being kind of disappointed with how good Star Trek: uh, Strange New Worlds is because I'm used. I've been used to being able to like. There's like a, a feeling of superiority that it did give, where like Star Trek would just like objectively fuck up and like it was fun <laughs> making fun of it and strange new world has now marched onto the scene and like it's genuinely good and that's really yeah cool. it seems like people are really enjoying it and it seems like to be a better throwback to uh older trek values than new trek yep. been they uh, have figured out how to bring back the formula people loved and it's happening uh, um, which is is nice to see i, I don't know if that's like uh you know, an anomaly within the new Trek uh, scene, but it's, but well, here, here's the bigger question for you as a uh, Trek aficionado. Do you think it's, um, whatchamacallit, uh, better than what you've been getting with the Orville? Or on par? Oh, yeah, that was interesting. So, because, uh, like, now I'm, like, going to be, like, having a kind of a head-to-head uh, on, a, on, like, Friday nights, I think. Um, and 
so far, so far, like up to this point, Orville has been running circles around uh, what they've been doing with Star Trek until now. <laughs> now there's like, actual been, a real competition. Yep, they like I, I've been like a Orville stand for a while. God bless them. And then like like just doing straight head to head with the, the episode they released. The Strange New Worlds has inched ahead by a hair, and just like cool. All right, now it's like a real shootout. Let's let's go. Uh, let's see, see if uh, Seth MacFarlane has to step up his game. Who, who's going to have the best? Uh, you should have a, uh, a little segment on your uh, Star Trek podcast. Who has the best? Uh, what's episode? Well, no, not the best. Well, that too. But um, who did the better? Uh, what is the famous thing? Oh, who did the be- better prime directive conflict? <laughs> the, I. The, the, so what's funny is like um I want I do want to bring it up in my I do like uh other Star Trek podcasts there are four hosts and I do want to bring it up but like most everyone on there don't watch the Orville so yeah they're like a lot of Star Trek fans just don't want to give it a try because um, when it was first advertised it looked like it was just going to be Seth MacFarlane doing Galaxy Quest everybody yeah. thinks it's a parody. Yeah, that, 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 I, I, that feels like what he did to like get the show made. But yep. you know, he, even though it was like a backdoor excuse for like Seth MacFarlane to just play Next Generation, exactly. The- so yeah, people will give it a try. So yeah, I, we'll see if I can get that conversation going. And then uh, let's see. Lastly, um, the other thing I want to say, uh, I've been geeking on is: Have you ever seen The Good Place? Uh, no, but I, I hear it's like, uh, you know, considered to be one of the best of the new generation sitcoms. Yep. It's as good as people have been like, like screaming to me for years to see, like, because it's a, a, a sitcom on like, you know, the normal stations, I just kind of disregard like, okay, how good could it be? Like they're kind of like constrained over there about what kind of jokes they can, can't make and how creative can they really get? But, um, yeah, they, they, so whatever, Combination they got going on here, they figured out an incredible formula to make one of the best shows I've ever seen. So, I, I've heard, I've, uh, I, I've heard that it's like very good on par with uh, Community when it's on the at its height. Uh, I still need to eventually, as a Dan Harmon fan, uh, go back and watch the yep. uh, episodes of Community. Uh, one of these days, uh, get it yep. as long as it stays on Netflix. Yeah, I'll say that. Um, it reminds me of like, yeah, it reminds me of Community. But not like how I'm not sure if I would say the tone is the same as much as like it's like oh shit some pretty badass creativity can still take place on the normal networks. Yeah, within the which is as most people consider like to be the most bland, uniform television possible. Yep. Uh, you know, cables were the real cool shit, and uh, now oh, streaming uh, they have no uh, sense. Exactly. Oh, watch this guy crawl on this guy's dick. <laughs> yeah, but uh, like, yeah, like have you ever seen uh, uh, the the cannibal guy, uh, Hannibal? <laughs> uh, yeah, I heard. I heard that that was re- that was a really good series. I uh, highly recommend cranking that one to the top of anyone who hasn't seen this list of. Something you need to see because that was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my entire life. And it was, I, I don't, you, the conversation you could have around of like, wait, how did they get away with this on national TV? Like, there's gruesome shit in there that I haven't seen in gruesome movies. Well, and my theory is I think the, the Walking Dead kind of like uh, started this gore arms race 
when Walking Dead made it so like ten year olds were like watching like zombies munch on guts, which was like oh, originally wow. considered to be like a taboo. Yeah, yeah, have you never seen some of the gore they got away with Walking Dead? I just didn't imagine like I, I never thought like I I got tired of it. Um, and then I never imagined that it was that well. Um. The, widely watched what point what point did you go uh, uh, i mean now it's kind of like it's waning uh thing even though there's like five bajillion spinoffs but uh, you know during its height like there, there's some ridiculous like george romero dave the dead gore you know with pig guts and intestines and uh, the real oh, hardcore zombie like it had high enough ratings that like it was like your normal person seeing this in yeah that exactly kind of, like, interest uh, um, to the culture that and, okay, and it sort of this. made it mainstream or at least uh, put it to the point where like more people were like willing to see gore uh, and I feel like that that kind of forced uh, other networks to try and compete because uh, like uh, yeah back in its day it was getting like ten million views which oh. like for a cable channel uh, was like an astounding like you know uh, two that or is. three million is considered to be really high for cable. Uh, and, you know, even in it's like mid tier, it was still getting like six million. I'm sure now it's like, you know, half of that. Uh, but um, I was still yeah. very uh, impressed with how much they got away with. I don't blame Hannibal you for ducking out. A perfect samurai swing of gore and some of the greatest acting, writing, directing that TV shows pulled together. And yes, like I said, Anyone watched it? This apparently aired on normal television and <laughs> network television. Jaw, yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, that's what I'm geeking on. So, what we're gonna do is take a quick break. We're gonna save this file here and come back on the other side. We're gonna go into uh, Doctor Strange and then just fire away at Megaverse stuff across franchises we've been watching. All right. Okay. Uh, and uh, just out of curiosity, since this is a grab bag, um, just. To- you want to discuss uh, Halo and Obi Wan? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Th- 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 that'll be our hit list. Uh, Halo yep. and Obi Wan. And um, is there anything Halo else? Halo and That's exactly my. And, and then maybe about like too. a few uh, little impressions of. Uh, I don't know. What do you think of Miss Marvel so far? Um, we can talk about that too, and also uh, in this discussion that like made me think this is going to be a really thing that we should be talking about. Um, did you see Chippendale's Rescue Rangers? Yes. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. We got to talk about that. Rock on. All right, we'll see you guys on this side. Someone once told me that the reality I thought I knew was just one of many. Be careful which path you travel down. Stronger than you have lost their way. You think there will be no consequences? We're in the end game now. I sacrificed everything. And it meant nothing. Oh, strange. What have you done? I never meant for this to happen. You cannot control everything. You brought this on yourself. You break the rules and become a hero. I do it and I become the enemy. That doesn't seem fair. Go, go, go! Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Rated PG-13. Be the first to see the mind-bending phenomenon in premium large format and IMAX tomorrow. All right, and we're back. Okay, so 
We're here first to start off the Megaverse conversation with what did you think of Doctor Strange? Uh, I thought it was okay. I, I, I enjoyed it, but like for something that I was kind of hoping would be like the Avengers of Phase 4 and bring everything together in the multiverse that I was mm-hmm. hoping would go buck wild, I, I was a little bit underwhelmed. Uh, I, I, you know, it feels like the only multiverse of bandits we got was that three seconds where they go to the paint dimension and some other stuff. <laughs> uh, and then the rest was like a pretty linear Marvel movie uh, with mm-hmm. a really simple conceit that like bad people want to get America Chavez and Doctor Strange has to stop them from getting America Chavez. And then he does. Woo! It seems like you have a little bit more of a positive impression of it. Uh, and in, I mean, there are positive superlatives in it. Like I, I liked uh, the Raimi uh, getting to flex his muscles. Uh, I liked uh, the the Necro Doctor Strange. I thought he was pretty metal with the like the cape of like skeleton hands. Uh, mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed the horror sequence of just seeing the Illuminati uh, get curb stomped by Wanda. <laughs> I, I like the highlight. I, I wish that all of them were as graphic, like um, as the Black Bolt was a great death. But Professor X, I feel like I wanted her to see more than just snap his neck. But yeah. it, and uh, but I, I enjoy seeing uh, Cap- you know Captain Carter be brought in. But I was still also kind of disappointed. You know, I, I was hoping that we were going to get Superior Iron Man, uh, Tom Cruise. Uh, and all the other crazy rumors that were coming out. But I heard that this film had a really troubled production cycle. So I guess yes. Marvel's happy that they just got a forking movie. It looks like it's going to get close to a billion dollars. So success on their part and uh, yep. success for Raimi. So, you know, I don't know why he doesn't do big films. Uh, but, you know, Raimi, I, I miss you. I always thought you're, you're the undisputed king. Raimi's amazing. I I, I, um, I remember finding him. It, it was like, I remember like, where I was sitting, I was like, you know, parents' living room, and like I, I, I've changed the channels, and then the uh, the camera is doing the Raimi zoom ins, and like it's the part where just before he starts putting on his uh chain uh sword, uh, his chain sword uh hand, chainsaw hand, mm-hmm. that was my first introduction to Sam Raimi, and I was like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, like up to that point, no one was getting that wild. With um, cameras, and also it was a trope back then for me that in horror, the last person standing isn't a guy ever. Like, and yet the the, the guy who's still the last person standing is also a goofball. Like, uh, yeah, God, Sam Raimi. He, was, he was that, shattered he, was that Evil Dead? Evil Dead Two or uh, Army yes. of Darkness? Uh, Evil Dead uh, Two that, was my first introduction to him. Oh, there you and, go. That, 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 that is peak Raimi. Yep, we were like I, I was like some the world something just changed right here, and so I'm a big fan of him, and I think that like uh, his last movie, like I think it was like the Oz Brave and Bold or something. Yeah, where he basically just made uh, Army of Darkness only with um, I never saw it, but uh, I, yeah, I was, it wasn't support- good. <laughs> I love him. And, like, I'm surprised it was, he like- isn't given more creative license to do stuff. I guess that's probably half the reason why he's retired. You know, quasi retired. I- I feel like that last movie took a lot out of him, and he was like, "You know what? You know what?" Because, like, yeah, you watch it, and like, just, just, just shortcomings and flaws everywhere. Um, but your love, the the part you can't help but love is like you can still, it still got the Sam Raimi flavor. So you're like, "All right, cool, yeah, this is all right." But like, when you step back and like think back on the movie, you're like, "Oh man, I don't know what happened there." <laughs> 
But, well, I, I feel like what happened generally for Raimi is that like he had such a miserable experience with Spider-Man three that it kind of oh. like scared him away from like big budget filmmaking forever. That would make sense. And I guess he made enough money he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Uh, and you know he he has he, well he did do um, that movie Drag Me to Hell. Uh, yes. So he's not incapable of when he feels like it. But I guess I, I'm sad that like you know Raimi isn't doing like. You know, twenty million dollar budget or thirty million dollar dollar like uh, you know, why is he making like Jordan Peele movies? So what I think is like what I've been seeing is um, and then I'm going to tell you what I think of Doctor Strange movie. But yep. the what I think is like I, I've been seeing the trajectory of uh of careers lately going. Um, you know, the Marvel stuff really isn't art. Uh, it's it's not like where people get to really uh feel proud of what they create. So like they go through this play, the, this uh, this course where they like you know they they keep trying like on their own and the world's kind of changed and their stuff isn't exploding like they used to. This is what they were saying is going on with uh, Natalie Portman coming back because mm. like um, her movies haven't been doing that great. Uh, and even though Annihilation, have you seen Annihilation? Yes, I have. Holy, I, uh, did you love it? Because oh my, I thought God, it was pretty good. Uh, I thought that was a pretty pretty goddamn good movie. Yeah, I uh, that was running around the room cheering for me uh, type of great movie. But, like, you know, they're not doing successfully financially. So they, they, you can always – it seems like you can always come to Disney for a fat-ass paycheck and, like, royal treatment. Because, like – and that because, like, I've been noticing that with, like, uh, like with Harrison Ford and even, like, Ewan McGregor even, where uh, with George Lucas, God bless his soul, um, it sounds like maybe making movies with him isn't the best experience. And when they're done with it, they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm just fucking done. But if they have, like, a fun thing that's going to be done for them in the future, like, with Disney, like, all of a sudden, like, Harrison Ford seemed kind of happy to help work with Disney. Yeah, and that, I, I was so surprised, considering, like, how publicly done he was with um, yeah. Han Solo. I, like, I, think I, I, I still think it's weird that he's, like, it would have any cooperation. I think I think it's because of um, with George, like it's like a thing like with um, in Star Trek where uh the first Star Trek movie the motion picture which I love and and is is um greatly misunderstood, um but apparently like the experience of making it was just abysmal and it was so bad that's why Larry Nimoy demanded that he be killed off. He's like, <laughs> uh, I don't wanna, please I don't want to do this ever again. Get me out of here, please. But then in Ratha Khan, presented with a different experience, he had so much fun in Ratha Khan that he was like, uh, can I come back, please? So, like, with George Lucas, he, he made, like, and making uh, good art that lasts to me sometimes can be a difficult and uncomfortable experience. And that's what George Lucas probably does. Mm. And then, like, they're just done with it. Because, like, did you see this, like, video of, like, uh, Ewan McGregor talking about how done he was with Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to link that to me i haven't seen it yeah I, 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 i'd probably really enjoy that I'm, I, i'd be curious it's, to see. it's beautiful it's in it's from 2016 it's in a robot head video where uh younger ewan mcgregor is just kind of like he is so blissfully carefree and happy and he's like i don't see why anybody wants to go back to star wars um it's <laughs> it like you know i did I've, I've, I've done what i did there is i'm i'm completely done like i i just don't even understand why people are so connected to it is what he's saying and so, so, did the robot head get like an old, find like an old clip and then use it in the yep. video? Yep. <laughs> I'll yep, check yep. that out. From 2016. It's really good. And 
But now, like I, I think, uh, I think Disney really does roll off the red carpet because he could not be happier to be coming back to Kenobi now. And they're, 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 they're treating him well. They're, they're, yep. they're eating him good. We'll, we'll get into later whether or not that was any good or not. Um, yeah. But, so, like, so were... what did you think of uh, Doctor Strange? All right, Doctor Strange. Um, also, uh, I'm kind of like sad. Not, I'm disappointed with how okay it was. Because, uh, <laughs> like. Yeah, like I'm like when when I heard Sam Raimi was taking, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like we're gonna turn this up. This is this is exactly the right mix I want. Oh yeah, yeah. I I was super excited when I heard that he was like coming back. Oh yeah, multiverse of madness. It's it's gonna be ball the wall. Sam Raimi with two hundred million dollars. Fuck yeah! But um, what I felt I saw it felt like it didn't. I felt what I saw didn't matter. Like yeah. So so and like um, so like uh. He, he, here's like the the way that the two the, the two feelings of what's happening that I'm seeing is like in the first Iron Man, um, the 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 final beat is you didn't think you were the old superhero and you're like Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury, blah, holy shit, we're doing this and like and like building up all the way through like to end game, like all you could feel this shit mattered and here. Oh my god, we finally got to see Xavier and like the Illuminati. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, they just a, bumped them off as it almost a, is a joke. <laughs> that that's a big issue with uh phase four in general, is that uh, like not having a connectors or a big bad makes it all feel formless. Mm-hmm. Uh that like I, I don't know what the extended payoff is. You know, oh, it's gonna be Kang the Conqueror and the multiverse yep. of madness, and maybe it was supposed to be. I, I look forward to reading that book about the behind the scenes of how this movie was a shit show and all the real candid details of people who don't want to lose their jobs. Uh, but it feels like uh, you know the defining epic. This was not it. <laughs> this yeah, was as boilerplate of a Marvel, and then Oof. on the seams we got uh, like a little bit of um, you know Raimi craziness, which were fun, but not quite enough to like carry the whole movie. Yeah, like, uh, like, and I think that that's like uh, a thing that like now Marvel fans think is going to keep happening. That's what they're hoping for and wanting. Like when so when you see that uh, Patrick Stewart is showing up as Xavier, it means something because holy shit, this is happening. Uh, X Men, we're doing this instead of it. It was just a fun cameo. It was like, yeah. <laughs> and then like um, with uh, John Krasinski as uh, Reed Richards. Yep, and, and, and like uh, I'm not sure if I talked about it on the podcast. Do you remember? Did you watch how John Krasinski was supposed to be Captain America? Uh, no. Uh, is that like a documentary or uh, it shouldn't be? Because like, okay, so or so. What's funny is like, yeah, like yeah, I've, I've been following like nerd news like this for all the time, and um, so leading up to casting Captain America, there was uh, a shootout between um, this one guy who was in Ra- uh, Speed Racer, Chris Evans, and. Uh, John Krasinski, me, mm-hmm. one other person. Um, and then, like, but leading way ahead of everybody was John Krasinski the entire time. Like, and then, like, the news finally came out that basically we have decided it. It's fucking happening. John Krasinski's going to be Captain America, motherfuckers. Woo! And the internet exploded with rage and fear and hate. Um, <laughs> there's, like, this classic picture of, like, this cartoon of uh, basically Jim from The Office dressed in a really like awful Captain America costume because that's what people were hearing. Jim from the office is going to be Captain America. What the hell are you guys talking about? 
Mm. And after that explosion, all of a sudden, like, all mention of him being Captain America disappeared. And Chris <laughs> Evans. It's Chris Evans, guys. Don't worry about this. It's Chris Evans. And I wanted Scott Porter. It was his name, Scott Porter. He was in Speed Racer. I wanted him. I didn't get the guy I wanted. But I think as a apology and trying to bring around the, sorry, we kind of guaranteed you're going to be Captain America, but here's Reed Richards. And I think that's what they're maybe doing. To and me, that's why he's I felt, I mean, possibly, but uh, I felt like um, him as Reed Richards was more like, you know, oh, John Krasinski, you proved yourself in the Quiet Place movie as the, the dad in You are the ultimate dad. So here's the ultimate dad role. Or also like, we promised you're going to be the leader of the MCU. Here's Reed Richards is the next leader of the MCU. <laughs> so now we got, we got another role for you, buddy. Sorry, we fucked you over, but now you get to be the next leader. At least well, like, if they continue with keeping him as Reed Richards. Uh, I mean, it's the multiverse. There could be multiple uh, Reed Richards. So it's, yep, it's so not impossible not to uh, have him. Uh, uh, so, you know, he could come back and this could be all a big screen test. Uh, he, he was definitely a big get. Although I was also really annoyed. I was kind of excited that the kind of mediocre, uh, what if cartoon was somehow going to be canon that we were going to get like, uh, the evil Dr. Strange from there. And nope, it's just another Dr. Strange who's evil. Okay. Are we positive of that? Cause like, I, I checked. They said it was a different. Oh, Benedict Cumberbatch said it was a different, um, Dr. Strange. I feel like that was almost a little bit of an illusion then. Cause, <laughs> um, I, I couldn't tell. Like, I, 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 I think that might be on purpose to, like, I don't know, these people who aren't paying that close of attention, you get to link it up, even though it's not actually linked up. I, I, I mean, the characters are so, like, vaguely defined, and he becomes kind of a good guy, so he might as well just be, like, Hot Topic Doctor Strange, who's, who's like, slightly eviler. Uh, but, like, you could tell that the costume's different. Uh, the mannerisms mm. are slightly different. So when I looked into that, I was like, ah, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I, I would have like, that would have been fun to like actually make the mediocre what if kind of count in the multiverse of madness or, uh, you know, I, I guess we're all supposed to assume that like all this is happening because the TVA uh, was disbanded by female Loki. But, I like that. I, I don't know about that because like, I don't know about that. I feel like what we're seeing is a fr- we. I, I I saw something about like uh, Kevin Feige really not being as hands on as he used to be, and I'm seeing a fracturing of everybody trying to make their thing the most important thing. Yeah, it, it does feel that way. It does feel like everyone wants to have like their their handprint on the MCU, and Kevin Feige might just be like one. He he wants to like apologize and make up for the fact that like you know the MCU was built on the back of the pillar of the three strong straight men so Mm -hmm. he's letting everyone in uh which inherently isn't necessarily a bad thing right but uh by the same token uh you kind of have to have a game plan and uh payoff and it doesn't feel like there's a payoff or there's as much communication because what what was the big issue when uh, i'm trying to remember there was another uh thing that like oh yeah uh wanda it was. It felt like her character arc uh, didn't quite line up with what we saw at the end of WandaVision. It didn't. <laughs> um, so what I think, oh, no, that's another thing that I think is going on is uh, I heard that what we see was um, a massive reshuffling of reshoots. And what I think happened was there was like this development of a Doctor Strange movie that they were doing. And then I think it was, okay, I could be totally wrong. So I'm just speculating. But what it looks like is, like, 
suddenly um, Elizabeth Olsen uh, wants to renegotiate her contract. So, oh shit. So, if we want to make sure that there's no leverage and like expectation of her coming back, clean the, the playing field, make sure it looks like she's gone by the end of this. I don't care what you're doing with your Doctor Strange before, reshoot this so it looks like she's gone. And that's what I saw. Like, everything bent toward getting her off the board. Yeah. Even though, uh, and even yeah. though it didn't line up with, like, WandaVision, I see a little business going on. Uh, you're probably right. She's been very public saying that she's had to turn out other opportunities for the um, Oh yeah, MCU, and she wasn't super happy about that. Uh, she said that? Yeah, in an interview, she uh, publicly said that, like, um, because of the time commitment to all the Marvel stuff, she had to yep. turn down other, like, really media roles that she would have kind of, like, wanted more. And yep. she was kind of annoyed about that, that the MCU was so all-consuming. Yep. Uh, and, you know, yeah, MCU like, treated her well. Uh, I, I, I wish she had a little bit more of a consistent arc, uh, but a better send-off. I think for creatives, the MCU is a, like, a, a contractual money vacation. Where you get the royal treatment, you get tons of money, but your ass is theirs. And yeah, it, eventually you want to be free. And that's what I've been seeing happening. Because, like, uh, I, yeah, I forget where I read it or watched it. They're like, so this is what you have to do when you sign for the MCU. You sign over your, your goddamn soul. Um, you don't get to do shit. Um, you get to do what they say. And you get paid super well. And also... They may hook you up with a fantastic body. Well, speaking of the multiverse and other things, um, mm-hmm. uh, what was your overall opinion of Moon Knight? Because it kind of ties into this, this sort of era, and there was like a little nod where, like, they, oh, there's multiple afterlife dimensions in uh, the Moon Knight world. But it, 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 I was never quite sure if the, like the Moon Knight events were like the MCU proper, or if it was like a multiverse. Or uh, this podcast, because- I wanted to catch up on that, and I didn't. How far did you get? Um, not at all. Like, so when I first was actually going to try to get in on it, um, my Disney Plus app on my NVIDIA Shield didn't give me audio specifically with Moon Knight. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, yeah, did like you, across did you not like, watch I, any of it? Um, I couldn't at the time, at first. Like, um, okay, so you've never, you've I, never I could watch other things, it. but like every time I went to Moon Knight, the only way I could watch is with like in different languages with subtitles. That's and so weird. Yeah, I, I visually found out, like, what I needed to do. I had to dig a little deeply into my shield to set it so that it gets down. And by the time it did, uh, the 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 zeitgeist had passed for it. And I've been watching a bunch of other stuff. But I'll check it out. I heard uh, I'm good. morbidly curious. I, I, I wasn't a huge fan. I, I mm. thought it, like, tried to do, like, the, oh, this is the gritty Marvel show about real shit. But I thought mm-hmm. it was... Uh, generally too goofy uh i i there are elements i think you'll really like but uh, i just thought it was i've not mad. been liking the uh the bright factor there's, there's a i've i haven't really been enjoying these the mcu tv shows like there's and also <laughs> it's bleeding into the star wars where it's a feeling like oh um oh we'll go back more to doctor strange but this is more of a megaverse multiverse thing conversation so uh, there's a YouTube channel called Retro Blasting. Uh, a guy named Mike French runs it, and he had this video that I once disagreed with, where he's it's called the Kathleen Candy Firehose. Of yes, I, I love I love that video. I, I've seen, uh, I loved it so much that I watched it a few times. Uh, I just I'm watched surprised, it. I'm surprised you disagree with it. Uh, um, I I I did. Now I agree with him. 
Because to me, I was like, no, having more fun things is good. No, more fun things. But now it's the unending fire hose. Like, <laughs> it's not fun where, like, it's not an event. And then also, when they sometimes do a subpar thing, then I have to go through the stupid news cycle of, are you a racist for not liking this? And it's like, ugh. I, oh, and, and then also, I was thinking about, like, how, how much I'm not liking that uh, it seems like corporations are buying my time. They're purchasing, <laughs> my like, my parts of my day now. So, where once upon a time, like, I I go out and I seek Star Wars because it's fantastic, and then, like, I geek out and I, like, I find things take up my time because I find good things that are awesome to take up my time and, and watch. Where now, Disney Star Wars is like, um, I get, like, an hour to a half hour of your time no matter what because I'm Star Wars, and I don't even have to do that good of a job. And it's like, okay, what am I watching you guys still for now? Like... <laughs> It, it, it seems like yeah, like they have literally like purchased blocks of people's time, and they don't have to do a great job. And a culture has been created around it where they can blame you if you don't like it. It's if you yeah. if you don't like it, they, they gotta have it before you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just like um, I'm very curious to see what you will think of Moon Knight because I, I think it just has the exact same. And I think the reason why I hate uh, you know i'm a little bit more annoyed at the moon knight than dr strange mm-hmm. is because uh dr strange never pretended to be like oh it's gonna be dark and gritty and this is a serious storytelling mm-hmm. it's to deal with mental illness and uh uh this highbrow thing uh but moon knight is just far too goofy oh no uh for like um and when it does get serious it's, it's like with the most kid glove thing possible uh, and then uh, I, there's a really goofy scene at the end, which I'm really curious to hear what your take on is. And I just mm. thought it was just all over the map. And I'm like, you're, you're making Ugh. it sound like I was right to, cause like, yeah, to me, like I, I was like, it's, it, I, my, so I was all in on WandaVision and then like it, it kind of shit the bed by the end. I'm like, uh, okay. And then I'm like, please don't fuck up, uh, Falcon winter soldier. And they did. <laughs> they did. Um, then Loki, like, wow, everything looks great. And then they fuck up their ending. And <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, what am I, like, I'm watching it because you're Marvel. Like, I'm here <laughs> because you guys purchased my time. Like, so, yeah, that's kind of part of why, like, I'm trying to turn my attention to, like, Space He-Man. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, yeah, now Space He-Man, you're earning my time. Like, you're more versus, like, buying it because it's the good brand. Yes, yes. Like well, so what people are watching mar- Star Wars because it's Star Wars, not because it's good. So what's your thesis about the multiverse and do you think it's good or bad? Uh because like um on one hand, like I think Spider-Man No Way Home is like a positive case for the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Uh because it asserts that like even if something is terrible, uh you can just retroactively save it by bringing it back and being self-conscious about it. it it's almost kind of like how you know Johnny Depp won the Amber Heard trial mm-hmm. uh because uh someone pointed this out and they're like you're right. Uh Johnny Depp admitted that you know, yeah, I I'm an alcoholic drug abuser. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say I'm a saint. You know, it's what mm-hmm. we do in Hollywood. Uh and I I'm sorry versus Amber Heard who would not give an inch of ground and like rode her like hot white girlness to the edge of the sun to the point where it's like even after losing she's still like oh this is a terrible loss for me and all mm-hmm. women and just wouldn't admit that she was kind of like uh 
you know, a terrible person. And, uh, and like, uh, all right, so bringing something a little bit heavier to something lighter. Um, whatchamacallit. Uh, bringing it back uh, to uh, Spider-Man. Having Andrew Garfield come in and kind of, like, be the Peter Parker who was, like, has self-esteem issues and feels like he did the worst out of all the Spider-Men. And the movie to acknowledge it and give him a pep talk, this metatextual pep talk, oh, elevates and, and, those movies. And, and, it saves and, and, like, that trilogy in a way. I, I will say... Okay, uh, I, I'm an outsider. I'm another outsider on one of these. Like, I had, I never had that big of a problem with the Andrew Garfield ones, and even thought they were kind of good. Um, but like, yeah, like with the uh, that last one that people just like just denounced. But it, it that, that doesn't matter. I, I kind of liked them. But I was gonna say that uh, the the thing here is uh, what uh, one of my uh, podcasting partners said best. There's uh, no uh, there's no replacement for genuinely giving a shit. <laughs> so, um, in Spider, uh, no way home, no way home. No way home um, everything's organic. Everything kind of like makes sense. Like, like he 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 really was already self depreciating. That's how a Peter Parker would be. So it's not so like the Matrix Resurrection where everything is very much like just kind of talking about the meta. This meta works in the story and outside. True, true. Uh, which is versus uh, versus like other multiverse things were like, you know, the what if was kind of exhausting and most of it was like really, you know, Marvel quality fan fiction, like, you know, B minus at best C C plus uh, storytelling uh, that was, uh, so that becomes tedious. Uh, but, uh, but, and then the DCs, uh, they, they want that multiverse so badly with the flash mm. movie who Ur- Urza Miller <laughs> Just seems huh? to be like uh, he, he's running this contest of how, how many crimes can I commit, how many social taboos can I break Fame, while, while 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 using the non-binary identity. Yep, nah, fame <laughs> madness. Uh, like, there's, yeah, there's a, a thing. Like, I have a conversation. I have a, a friend who is very well off, and he wants to have a conversation with me to say, yeah, there's a dark side of getting well off where, um when you don't have enough of a challenge in life, it can drive you crazy. And that's what I'm seeing with Ezra Miller. Like he, he hit a pretty top of game can't fail. And now he's wilding about. And so on that though, what I think, uh, what the thing I kind of think, um, I want to keep, okay. So I, I'm not sure. I don't want to keep Amber heard around. But uh, okay, I, I'm like I don't have a complete thought on this. I was like, let's keep like what his personal life is away from the movie. Like, just you know, release the movie and somebody please get him a lawyer or a therapist and and deal with his real life away from the movie, and then just give me the movie. I don't have to endorse his criminal activity. I just want to see what art they create separate from. So like, there's all that like you know worry about like you know, do we have to edit him out of the movie? And, and replace them. I say no. I, I think like, I think they're I think they're just going to release it. I think it's too expensive to try and pull a. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, narratively, they could do like a few reshoots and adjust the face or whatever, and say this is Delta Flash, and have I don't know Michael Sarah do the voiceover or whatever. <laughs> Delta Flash, awesome. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, it, it, yes, we're, I, we're just seeing like a lot more art. Uh, a lot of the business just. It's it's almost it's getting a little too easy to see on the screen. So, 
Yeah, and yeah. yeah, I guess I was. It sounds like I'm right. Uh, the like the rush, like I hear, like when you rewatch Doctor Strange, like there's this feeling that, um, the first one, Giant the multiverse of madness. See what? Oh, for the multiverse of madness. Yes. Uh, while I was watching it, there was like this like distant feeling of giant chunks missing and pasted over and such as like the giant shot of like, you know, in the apple orchard with uh, Wanda, I could see that just being inserted because they're like, okay, nope, we need to keep inserting things that we can afford to do. Like such as like just her on set with just like two little boys. And like that, that was easel easy, affordable reshoots to do to turn it into now we don't have to worry about her contract just in case in the future. And that's kind of like what I think ruined the story of what we might have gotten. And then also, um, cause like when I was watching, I was like, why aren't I more appreciative of this? Like, <laughs> this is beautiful. Uh, the, the, the effects are like, this is all stuff I wish I could have seen as a kid. Uh, but then like, I've been trying to figure it out. I think the, the thing I figured out was, um, when you first see a magic trick, it's awesome, and then well, we find out how seeing, it's done. Yeah, we've been seeing magic tricks for like ten plus years. You, yes. you know, you gotta up your game even more. Like when we first saw those dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, holy goddamn shit! But now, I'm sorry, you just can't throw a monster on the screen, even though they someone killed it with like that design. But it's like visual noise on the screen now. Yeah, you got to get people to care. Well, speaking of, have you seen the, uh, I don't know if it's on uh, video on demand. Have you seen the multiverse uh, movie that everyone loves? That's like Not the yet. pinnacle of the genre and you haven't seen everything everywhere all once. Uh, that'll nope, be interesting you? to see what you think. Yeah, oh, of course. I told you. It was the last time we talked. It was on my uh, things to recommend the uh, geek out on list. I, oh, yeah, I, um, yeah, you and like the planet, they're like saying this is the movie to beat for the year. Uh, yeah, uh, I full-heartedly agree with that sentiment. I think uh, it is, like, probably the king of uh, the most creative, best use of the multiverse. Uh, you know, the, the best bonkers, uh, fun Chris Nolan movie that Chris Nolan will never make because Chris Nolan takes himself too seriously. Uh, but I think it does a brilliant job of introducing in the audience to how the mechanics work, exploring those mechanics, and having a great uh, story arc with an emotionally resonant center uh, that uh, connected with a lot of people uh, to a great case for uh diversity of representation that, that uh you know that doesn't suck uh and it's just a fantastic movie and uh, i think there's a reason why it's getting so much hype that now that there's like film twitter backlash towards it a backlash of people yeah where like people it? like oh yeah where it's like oh it's overrated you know when something oh, get, get, okay. gets uh you know <laughs> When cycle. something is like the pinnacle of its craft, uh, that's when you know the haters come out and oh, so here, inevitable backlash. Does the movie attend to a problem with um, infinite multiverses, which mean which is what uh, Rick and Morty even kind of like addressed, which is how much if you if you, if you keep saying infinite, you're making everything mean, meaningless. Like, um, yeah, it kind of does because it's ultimately a family drama and. Hmm. Uh, it, uh, wow. I'd say the end of the film is about um, using all possibilities to make the possibilities of your current situation matter more oh, and okay. strengthen those wow. bonds. So I, I thought it was very wholesome. I didn't think it was, uh, you know, the Rick and Morty edgelord nihilism. Uh, I don't know if I said that right. but No, uh, no, you did. Because, uh, like, I feel like, oh, well, let's see. I So far, I, I would say I was not aware. It, it seems like if you say infinite... Uh, 
universes, that's going to make it very hard to create like genuine meaning. But it sounds like they actually did pull genuine meaning out of Infinity, which uh, in, yeah, in here, I, I guess. Well, that, that's the interesting. I think maybe this is your issue about the multiverse is that it, it's basically a built-in get out of jail free card storyverse card. Yep, like nothing has to mean anything. Like you can inv- uh, introduce uh, freaking Xavier and and Black Bolt and and Captain Carter and woo, and then like wipe them out. But who cares? Because like it's just one of like all the min- multiverses where they also still exist, just seeing it wiped out. It's just like. You got like you need some limits to your multiverses to make things keep things mattering. Yeah, uh, I I agree with that, uh, and I, I think that just uh, you know it's a tool. Uh, you can use it for effective stories, or you can use it for weak stories. Um, Marvel right now, I think they need like a central villain or a central conflict. Like uh, in some ways, I, I enjoy the multiverse. I love the idea that like every piece of Marvel, even shitty Marvel, is some mm-hmm. sort of canon, and to like see like a call out of like you know uh, Roger Rabbit style thing of um, well, maybe this is a good segue into the um, other p- part that you wanted to talk about, Chip and Dale. Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Uh, before we get there, I wanted to say before uh, before I forget uh, the problem with infinite multiverses. Uh, I think I was thinking from like how they were doing it in Loki. Oh, the the the, the problem is in multiverses. It's hey, let's put a limit to how many there are. Because <laughs> if you do that, now we're having meeting on like you know who gets wiped out where, and things can start like so. Yeah, you can have you know they can all matter, but like I think we definitely need to start saying there's a finite. M- Many number number you want to return to stakes versus like uh, if there's an infinite matter uh, then nothing matters exactly there you go um, yeah which is like it's a very cheap uh, tool to uh, or, or as your your boy FD signifier pointed out in the man the with the owl man you know mm-hmm. I looked in the darkness and then nothing matters but you blinked <laughs> I, I I remember when I saw that line I, that was sucking badass line to me I don't care what he says I love that line. yeah I, I still enjoy that I still enjoy the the Batman versus uh, Owl Man fight in that movie um, but uh, you okay. know it is a cheap get out of jail free card but at the same token you know if you use it it is it would be fun to see like Chris Evans Captain America drawn in the 1990s X Men style and have that those stories still count and then the terrible Fantastic Four still counts and it's all part of these things so in some ways I appreciate the media cons- uh, solidarity that all these things uh, that you have these things that you could bring and bring them together because I-, I think the novelty of um basically you know your work friends and your uh you know, home friends meeting up still is an incredibly powerful force mm-hmm. and still like pushing like even in uh Hawkeye, it was fun to see Le- Yelena hang out with Kate Bishop. And it's like, Oh my God, these two flavors are mixing up. Ooh, cool, cool, it's yeah. fun. Uh, and, and that novelty is still worthwhile. And, uh, you know, I guess it's just a question of like what you do with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure. Okay, so oh oh, the next place to go with this is yeah, the Rescue Rangers thing. So with that, like, it be, thanks to the model of streaming, where they have to keep this shit coming no matter what. There's like almost there's no break. <laughs> we really are getting almost everything we ever asked for, even though we aren't actually getting what we wish for. 
Halo. Uh, so, but like, but, but it's an incredible landscape that's hitting though, that it's happening. Cause I like my first encounters with this kind of stuff was like, uh, do you know, cartoon all stars to the rescue? Yeah, that that uh, wasn't that that like anti drug PSA where they yes. had a bunch of Saturday morning. I've seen clips of it. Yeah, like for me when that happened, that was literally like the Avengers moment. Like when I was a kid, <laughs> the music was playing in my soul when I was like just being able to watch one episode and see Michelangelo appear in the same, even though they weren't in the same scene. And eventually, I thought about. It, I was like, well, I'm not sure if that was as cool as I thought, but like just the possibility of that happening used to feel pretty fucking impossible. And then throughout time, it happens a little bit here. They're like Fred Flintstone meets George Jetson. Um, I remember us being freaking mind blown when uh, they crossed over X, the X-Men arcade game with uh, street fighter. And we are like, <laughs> this can't be happening. And now it's everywhere and we always get it. And what a weird landscape we're in now where it just can just fucking happen. Yeah, it is kind of fun, but uh, like if you get like um, saturated, but I guess Chippendale, like uh, that's an example of where it's fun to see all these things interact and have mm-hmm. them be in a universe. Like I love the ugly Sonic. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> the, 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 like yeah, this this was like people being aware of like the problems of oversaturation of the megaverse, and I I, I loved it. Uh, I kind of felt like they took a shot at Disney Star Wars. With the uh, rats who are dressed as Kylo Ren and, like, I think Leia just kind of flopping around. Uh, and uh, what, else, what else? Oh, oh, my favorite part was uh, uh, Tiger from the shitty uh, Avengers cartoon. <laughs> I, I loved could, that I, I so couldn't, much. I couldn't put my finger on where she was from. Is that is that what she was from? The, yes, the Avengers like, cartoon? I remember in the 90s, like, I think, I think we had, like, um, X-Men had been passed and, like, they're just like trying to make Avengers a thing and they're trying to make it just the ratchet nineties designs of like armor and transforming parts and it's awful. Uh, and she was in it and that she showed up in the, I died laughing. Oh my God. Like the, the deep cuts and caring like this, like the, the people who did it, um, felt like, uh, there was once upon a time, uh, I used to go to a forum called tune zone and it was just <laughs> surrounded by people who, get everything when it comes to talking about cartoons and animation and the industry. And that's what it felt like watching. It felt like the Toon Zone forum, the movie. <laughs> like, every reference It was fantastic. Like, I love the, the uncanny CGI valley. Traditional animation jokes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was just like so smart and so clever, parodying the, the terrible rap songs that all the kids' <laughs> movies have. The uh, Uncanny Valley, and I didn't even get this, but then I, when I realized it, like you know, Seth Rogen's, I thought he was supposed to be a Lord of the Rings character, but um, <laughs> he was a no. uh, Beowulf. Yeah, Be- <laughs> fucking Beowulf. Yes, I. <laughs> yeah, like only only like animation dorks get how funny that is, and like I was. I, I loved it that the yeah they they genuinely gave a shit. You saw the true heart of like people who enjoy animation, having fun and doing jokes that like only we get. And I guess you know it's possible since now we can get anything. So every so often we get gems like this, uh, or we get Halo. Well, so here here's what I think. Um, you could say that like as Thanos with his knife on his finger, all about perfectly balanced as all things are. In one way, the megaverse 
can be a tool for lazy storytelling and lazy writing in that it's just a way to make sure that like nothing ever fucking counts. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like a get out of jail free card for um, when you just sc- screw shit up. But on the other hand, it's it, it's a way to play with more tools in the toolbox and mix your action figure sets together. In the ultimate question yes. of the the Lego movie proposes, what are you? Are you you know an anal person who like glues your Legos together and keeps all the sets separate, or do you mash them up all together? And assumingly, if you're the the right company with the right licenses at the right time, uh, or you have enough clout, you can have a lot of fun with it, like Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Um, this is that um. That goes to the core of like what I do actually love, uh, which is the mix and match toy box feel. Uh, that's how I did play as a kid. So uh, as I grew up, and like so when, when I was a kid, and you made they made toys, they wouldn't really match well with the cartoon. So mm-hmm. it was kind of fun that like you're you're basically assembling a cast of people to choose from to create your own like stories and movies and stuff. That's how we played. So that's part of why I love Spacey Man. Like all the character designs and like the action and the stories, like they beautifully look like a a mishmash of like just toy box and like there's one guy who's always wearing scuba gear and like it's like yeah like you know, you, you pull your scuba gear guy and like he's fighting next to He Man and I, I love that feeling and that's how the Avengers did it like the, like eventually by in game toy box feel. Yeah, and, yeah, the, the Rousseau movie brothers did feel like fun toy boxes, and, and the Avenger movies felt like toy boxes, except for um, what you call Age of Ultron, which was just like a bunch of like really kind of like strenuous setup. Uh, shit, you gave me that's a really what Star good Wars point. originally felt like toy box, like all these mishmash of like a werewolf guy next to a robot guy. Um, it was fun, and then the, the thing that I started to not enjoy was how much the toys started to just match the cartoon. So that's all it was. So I guess like now I'm starting to see more of like this this turning uh like the fight against just being the thing, the IP versus feeling like a place of imagination. Uh, well, I'm not sure that and, makes sense. And to, t- to tie it back into Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. um I think that's the problem with the Multiverse of Madness. On paper, it sounds like it was going to be t- the ultimate toy box movie. Mm-hmm. You've got fan favorite director um, Sam Raimi, who's being brought in to the multiverse of madness, being given Disney money. He's got access to all these freaking licenses uh, uh, that have been consolidated. Oh my God. Dr. Strange in a puppet universe, Dr. Strange in the uh, X-Men cartoon and the Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, how, how amazing would that be? To just have this well of creativity and Sam Raimi's gonzo storytelling at the reins. It's a geek heaven, but instead we just kind of got this like, hastily constructed corporate product which d- did the bare minimum of what a marvel movie Oof. should be with occasional uh uh you know sam raimi uh elements at it uh which you know makes it fine you know i'm sure like when i go to the gym and i see it on fx uh, i'll be like oh okay this is a good way to uh kill some time uh, but it, you know, it's not like a movie that I'm never going to revisit because I was uh, enjoyed it so much. Yeah. Um, I came out of it going, yeah, that was, uh, that was fine. Um, I'm very curious. I got to ask around, like, what do kids think? Like, are they experiencing like their own, like, you know, era of like, is it because we've seen this like stuff too much? We can see the business. Like, is this hitting with maybe kids who it matters with most? Like, are they saying, that, that would holy be shit, really I've just seen the next 
epic chapter that means so much to me. Yeah, uh, I, I wish I could say I had some friends who had like some older kids that were like ten years old because I, I am always really, really interested to see how like kids interpret this. Uh, it's funny. My mom does like a lot of stuff with child development stuff uh, research. Uh, she did a lot of like work in um, children's media uh, for stuff like Magic School Bus and does a lot of consulting work. So she occasionally does studies, and every now and then we have conversations in terms of, like, how are kids perceiving this? Are they still loving Marvel and whatnot? Do, 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 do they like Batman versus Superman? What, what, the, what the hell do little kids think of Zack Snyder's and Randy and Deconstruction where Batman and Superman have to fight each other? I, I have a, a Padawan that I do who is around that age, though I do, that I do ask every so often. Um, God bless his heart. He actually blazed through all of, all of One Piece, the anime and the manga. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, not long after saying, hey, you should check this out. So I, I'm actually messaging him right now to see what he thought of Doctor Strange. Because uh, he gave me the fun, one of the most fun insights of like... Well, how, how old is he? Uh, he's got to be like 15, 16. Ah, oh, oh, that's really interesting. So, well, all right, so a little bit more savvy, but uh, so yeah. anyway, what was, what was his insight? Um, the, the insight that, that uh, was fun, like, we set me and him start talk, talking about uh, Star Wars because he wanted to fully understand, like, my problems with it. And, like, I, we got around to the prequels for some reason. And, like, I was like, you know, uh, yeah, what, what, yeah, like, you're a prequel fan. He's like, yes, I am. Like, you know, I'm like, uh, younger kids are, or younger people. And I was like, yeah, but it sucks. He goes, yes, we know it sucks, but we love it anyway. And that was, like, <laughs> the big, like, reveal of, like, where this prequel fandom came from, like they are aware of like the memes and how bad the acting and writing is, but they still embrace it anyway. Kind of like how there are some pretty bad episodes of Space He Man, but you can love faults, especially if it's uh, from coming from a genuine place, which is why there's prequel of. So yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we'll see what he says about uh, Doctor Strange in a couple moments. But, yeah, because, uh, uh, well, I hope you get an answer from him, because, like, uh, I think maybe that's the big reason for the Marvel backlash, mm-hmm. is uh, if you have something bad that could be really fun and cathartic, like Morbius, mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone's favorite meme movie, uh, if you have something really good, that's a lot of fun, but if you're just in the middle, yes, uh, that is, like, you know, the le petit mort, the small Apathy. death. Apathy, that's what really gets it boring and blah. Because, like, you know, Doctor Strange does a lot of adequate, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch is a good performer. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen is a good performer. Uh, you know, the, the filmmaking is competent. The storytelling isn't super engaging, but it gets the point across. But it's just kind of like that sort of middle of the road. Uh, and it leads to, like, fatigue, which, you know, to me is, like, the worst thing you can have for, for a brand. <laughs> Um, uh, overall, but it, you know, it still made a shit ton of money. And from uh, my Padawan, he's uh, disappointed. He's going to be disappointed by all the cameos. Uh, he's just saying that, like, what? He, oh, darn it! See, the uh, I guess I have to reframe my question. He's disappointed at what he thought was going to be, and just didn't turn out to be that. He thought that there's going to be just too many cameos, but um, putting lots of cameos would have cluttered the film for him. So. Like, he is basically saying that, no, this is not his Lord of the Rings. Like, the, <laughs> even the young kids are being pretty critical about, like, what they see on the screen. Mm, uh, 
Because, like, you know, Marvel's still the end of the world, but it feels like it's a little bit of a rotting empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, uh, there needs to be, like, a political uh, statement to say, this is the new thing to get excited about. This is the, the big payoff. This is the black beard that what I'm hoping. <laughs> what I'm hoping for is... Uh, that this is the opening for some new creative team somewhere that maybe has that's smaller that can shake up the industry like Star Wars once did, and like so what what I think might be happening what i what what I'm waiting for it to happen now is like there was a time in my nineties slash eighties comic book understanding uh where suddenly image comics came out there you go I'm waiting for the image comics moment where like you got d c you got Marvel. They're both becoming kind of complacent, and they're all basically trying to stay very safe. So, who's going to be the Image Comics to rise up and like blow people's minds with like how far you can go with these kind of stories? Mm, that that that's an interesting thing to uh, point out. Um, a lot of people are fighting to become the Image Comics, like Vin Diesel with uh, <laughs> God, and then just Bloodshot. Like, Bloodshot, and then I, no, I was just thinking about: it. Have you ever seen the terrible Morbius end credit scene? No. Uh, so Morbius has like one of the worst end credit scenes of all time, where you could tell that it's like a dialogue from different scenes that are just clumsily edited together. So basically, what happens is uh, Michael Keaton's Vulture comes in with the Vulture suit after getting transmuted to the Morbius dimension, uh, and he says, "Hey, I think a bunch of guys like us should get together. We could do some good." And then Morbius is like. That's interesting. And the thesis Yikes. of why I think Morbius became such a meme uh, was because it is like the defining epitome of mediocre. It is aggressively mediocre. It's try hard edgy. It wants to be like with the cool kids of like the Spider-Man MCU. Uh, but, you know, from lack of talent, lack of vision and fucking Jared Leto. And because it is such a try-hard movie, that is why people have, like, embraced it in its all its ironicness. Oh, my God, Morbius is so good. He morbed. Oh, it's the best <laughs> movie of all time. And I loved it that they released it to try and capitalize on the memes. But then they, they, they felt they were reached the snakes on a plane reality. Mm. Yeah, snakes on a plane reality. Because I, 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 I was all aboard that snakes on a plane uh, hype train. And was I, I was surprised too. <laughs> at the and, reality uh, did did not uh, translate into uh, uh, you know nope. box office success. Nope. Um, oh, and Padawan also says that he uh, likes the uh, horror elements, uh, and he, he really enjoyed that. On the movie, we got to see the true stamp of Sam Raimi. So. Anyway, yeah, that's, 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 that's it was nice got. that he was he was able to smuggle some things, and it, it, it feels like uh, the reason why like um it's being more like people are giving it more of a pass is that you could feel a, stamp, a Sam Raimi stamp versus like the Peyton Reed Ant Man movies. Oh yeah, or like, the, like the, even the though the like ultimate I definition do, of fine. Yeah, like uh, and uh, even like the the Spider movies, Spider Man movies. Uh, I think they're really good, um, but each one I don't feel a stamp. Of uh, the director, <laughs> I feel like I almost feel like I'm seeing Kevin Feige's stamp. Yeah, the Spider-Man movies are like the most rote. I mean, they're enjoyable, they're fine, they do, but they, they do not feel like you know they, they are mission statements from John Watts. Exactly. Which is funny. They gave him Fantastic Four, but that he like, which you think would be like the ultimate geek opportunity to take the most valued, beloved um, uh, icon, crown jewel of Marvel, and get to have your way with it. And he's like, no, no, I need to be my. I need to do something for myself. 
Yes. Get it? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah, you, that's the, that is the cycle I see. Like, these artists are like, uh, I will get that fat-ass paycheck, but eventually I want my life back. I, I want to be, I'm, I'm a person. I'm a person at the end of the world. I am me. I, I, uh, I am John Watts. I, I'm an artist. I make art. Speaking of art, so I finished Halo. And oh. this is the other conversation I've been wanting to have. Okay. Um, I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was good. Um, but, like, I thought it was fine. I, I thought, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say it was almost good. The, the, my, my main thing is this I'm saying is, like, as a Star Wars fan, I, 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 I've got, I endured, like, millions of dollars spent on, like, basically just not getting basic things of life right. Like, they, they like there's like a scene in the Last Jedi where freaking Kaloran flies into the launch bay of a ship, and we we don't see how he got out or why, and they just don't care. They're just like just doing things on screen, just doing screen. Like while this Halo to me was quite lukewarm overall, I'm at least seeing J- Jimmy Rings walk in the right direction. And, and shoot the right people. No, he's it. not. Occasionally, he lucks into like. Did you enjoy episode seven where uh, Jimmy? Where, what did you think of the Quan Ha story? Where oh god, I, <laughs> all right, it's rant time. I'm angry. I'm I'm piped up. Go man, um, go. Oh, I hated episode seven, and I hated her stupid little journey where it's like, oh, you're a little shitty kid who's a contrarian at all times. Yes. Even when you're like with your fucking dad, you're like, oh, fuck the rebel army. Yeah, because I'm just like a stuck up little girl who doesn't even like my my, my rebel dad and his cool multi, uh, you know, uh, freaking multi-person army and i'm just gonna be an unpleasant person but you need to find your real role you're just and and did you you enjoy her little star wars vision quest oh god no now you're you're completely right all that was really awful uh (laughs) it was uh, just the most stupid and you can you can see like that douchebag who's like yeah, this is her journey. Yep. This is her story. This is her story, and this is how we do it. It's it's like Luke going into the swamps of Dagobah, and he's got to kill Darth Vader, and he sees it himself. She's got to like learn that her anger, and then she goes <laughs> to the stupid witches, and it's like, oh, you're a protector. Fuck you. Yeah. Which, well, why is that become like? Oh, I gotta get political here. You know, the, like the, the soy boy action version of a hero is the protector it's the steven universe with a shield i'm an action guy but since i'm the protector that that means i'm the socially acceptable version of the versus the toxic masculinity version of the person who fights things or shoots bad guys i i, I just hate wait that. wait 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 wait, wait, wait. nothing um, uh, this is the first time i think i'm this is being brought to my attention that uh we're seeing over and over uh, glorification of protectors versus those who have the ability to attack. I I would have to like do a little bit more research, but mm-hmm. it is a trend, and, and I just think it's stupid. Like I I don't see Quan Ha 
murdering guys and foot soldiers as a protector being any different of her fighting murdering guys as a rebel soldier i i think it's the same fucking shit i I don't think calling her a protector is is somehow ennobling her and gives her a higher purpose and i I just love that the solution to her problem is that there's a a convenient little explodey mcguffin that she just has to turn on and and that that solves her problems you just gotta get them we're gonna have the planet fight him i've just been thinking all wrong Versus, like, you know, Quan Ha setting off a bomb in the villain base with the, the Pacific Rim guy oh. being, like, a neo-Nazi. Here, here's what I think the difference is. Like, I... And and, and, and what uh, reactions I got regarding how much I was mad at what they did with Star Wars. I don't understand why you care as much as you do. Because, like, let, let me finish saying, like, uh, Star Wars hit, like, you know, when I was born. And it's been part of my DNA. And, like... One of the most important parts of it was for me is like <clears throat> it was a galaxy far, far away where a person of actually any race and color should be able to become as equal as anyone else. And like in Star Wars, you don't have the excuse of history. And that was like my safe space. And then they, they totally fucked it over and did horrible things to people like characters I love. So like I reacted very strong because like this has been with me in my heart forever. Uh, I am a Halo fan. But I will say that I was never married to the uh, the mythos as much. Like the the parts I love of Halo is just like um, seeing a monster come at my friend's back and killing it before it gets him. So mm-hmm. how did Halo get to mean as much to you? Um, that's a good point. Um, I wouldn't say Halo means as much to me as Star Wars. It's just like in the myriad of creative choices. Um, I think it's possible to do a good Halo series. All right. And, like, you know, why a book, uh, you know, a terrible, like, a divergent level YA moment mm-hmm. uh, is so antithetical to Halo, which is basically, like, you know, above average, interesting um, military science fiction band of brothers. Uh, you know, I still like the aesthetic. I still think Halo, um, like the Bungie games, have this mix I think it's a one thing for the co-op because um, like Halo transformed like a, the gaming space tremendously. It was like one of the first first person shooters that had like multi uh, vehicle combat. So the game felt universe felt more immersive. It felt more lived in. Um, it had this uh, really great. I'm sure there's a better term for it, but like um, I'm just going to make up something uh, gaming immersion or uh, diegetic gameplay that made you feel the experience more than like playing doom guy or even half-life. The fact mm-hmm. that you can only pick up two weapons that you could pick up the alien weapons and use them against it. Uh, and the fact that like halo had uh, an interesting mystery and expanding sci-fi lore that just kind of got bigger and bigger as you went into it. First, it just started like the humans, the aliens want to kill the humans. Oh, there's these ancient aliens. We got to figure it out. Oh, crap. These ancient aliens were fighting against an even bigger thing. And there are these cool sci-fi zombies that have this hive mind intelligence. And then you have this beleaguered super soldier who's super, who always wins the day loses the war and there's this great sadness to the master chief which i think is what makes him work as a character Mm -hmm. and makes him work as an icon and i i feel like you could translate that well into a good story 
and uh, you know they had the money. There, there are scenes like <laughs> you know that a- the action sequence in Halo f- in the end of Episode Five was was pretty good. I, I, I <laughs> okay, like you say exactly the thing, same thing. Like when I was doing my heated rants about Star Wars, they have the fucking money to afford a decent space battle. They have the money to figure out I don't know what a good story is. There's no excuse. Um. It- so, oh, and, and so I, I fully get what you're saying. And then the next question is like, uh, what do you think about remixes versus faithful? So, like, I want to like lay down like some thoughts on on this, which is like, I, I, um, all right. So I I, w- I wouldn't I, I, before you answer, I gotta, okay. I gotta lay down right. a baseline. Okay, lay down your baseline. Okay, so um, remix versus uh, faithful. Where uh, Jodorowsky? Uh, do, do, do you watch Jodorowsky's Dune? Uh, I've not seen it, but I know of the documentary. I know it's famous. Okay. Uh, you know, his mythical uh, adaptation of, of Dune that he was supposed to do before people yeah. told him, you're insane and we're not giving you this kind of yep. money. Fantastic, crazy creator guy. And um, he says, like, true creation is, like, he uses the wrong word. It's very uh, not the best word to our word. Anyway, he, he says, like, so um, when you get, uh, if someone gives you a property, you take that and you must, uh, I'll say the word he probably should have said, ravish it you you take it (laughs) and you make it your own okay like if you just do faithful adaptation what are you doing as an artist you're not you're not doing you're not expressing yourself you're not even really you're not doing art um so what i was thinking is like that there is something to that and i think that's why like ryan johnson did what he did and like you know you're, you're trying to put your stamp on it and so can is it possible that we could have gotten a Halo that completely misses all of the themes that makes Halo good, but using the property it still made something good? Would you think that's a a thing that? Ah, uh, I mean, I I assume that like maybe some of the the I haven't read every single comic book and uh you know uh com- comic book and regular book, but I assume some of those stories probably uh, stretch the parameters of what you could do in a Halo story. Uh, but like everything I saw on the Halo, even if it wasn't like um. On its own, it was it was just bad. It was it was mm, bad television. Okay. You, you you these are not the artists who are making fantastic stories. Even stories. Though, even if they're just trying to remix, make their own thing, they still failed at that. You're, I, yeah, I, I yeah. don't think like, I would disagree. Like let let's just imagine we cut off all the Master Chief stuff, all the Halo Association. And <laughs> would you watch the Quan Ha story if you saw that? And it's called trivergent in theaters would you would what you think of tri trivergent well said well said no i would not watch trivergent um but with this goes back to uh wow corporations are buying our time like so yeah like that's the power of the ip yeah yeah like and like i, I hope what we're seeing is like what happened with is happening in comic books like so um comic books are you know getting uh, toxically SAW, and that's pushing people away. But like, what they think those, the writers there is like, no. Since I got this title, I have your time. Ver- but like, comic writers or uh, uh, readers seem to be going, no, we're still doing the old ways. Like, I go and find what I like. And in manga, the ones that boil to the top aren't the IP; it's the artist. That yeah, uh, I, I think that's why I love manga so much, and I'm such like a manga file. Is that the artist is king, the storyteller is king. We worship Oda. 
you know, we worship uh, Kishimoto to a degree when he was on fire with Naruto. We worship uh, Tatsuki Fujimoto uh, for Chainsaw Man. They are the definitive authoritarian voice. Sure, they're spinoffs, they're light novels. But the true canon of One Piece is what Oda writes yep. in that goddamn page. And, it, well, it's really interesting because um, uh, this is also... Have you ever heard of the hierarchy of canon in George yes. Lucas? Yes. Um, it is like... I forget what and, it, and, oh, oh, and also, it, it kind of ties into this multiverse storyline. Um, but it, it's an interesting... Like, some people have it officially in stone as, like, edicts of uh, continuity. Other people, you know, do it haphazardly. We're like, the movie storyline is more important. So, you know, if we have this comic book, fuck it. It's just a stupid comic book. We can contra- contradict that because the movie is more legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um. And the hierarchy of canon, uh, you know, it's kind of like a useful device. But I, I think why, why manga works is that the hierarchy of canon is the manga. The anime, the One Piece anime uh, is a supplement to the manga and ultimately beholden to the manga. Uh, but it's not doing its own thing. It's not better than the manga. Uh, and because, it, you know, man, the manga world is so art, artist driven. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the art, you know, depending on the scale of the artists, uh, they have editors who they have to work with. But the ones who rise to the top uh it is usually because of their vision uh and mm-hmm. their drive and, uh, that, and that's, that's why i feel like manga's kicking the ass of the american comic industry and the, and the, that's what like and a lot of geeks are are forgetting like these people there's they're people who they're being all tribal about stuff and like you know they 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 denounce george lucas and whatnot like they forget that it was him and his talent that got us here in the first place we get to have star wars because his Talent on his own made it Star Wars versus I think people just kind of start seeing Star Wars as Star Wars. Star Wars is great because Star Wars is great, not how we got there through Star Wars is great because of like world building, uh, uh, story construction, structure, whatnot, and uh, yeah, aesthetics is also has a brilliant lived in aesthetic that's like uh, filled with fun and adventure and things you want to see. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, Star Wars is a lot of, uh, you know, mythic storytelling and just a lot of great execution and, uh, why it's a place you want to live. Yeah. And great you know, I stories that got it. us here. And like, I feel like sometimes it happens that we forget who got us here because this new artist wants to do their thing and leave their artistic stamp that you recognize and don't forget Last Jedi. Yeah. And that I guess bringing it back to Halo and why I despise it is mm-hmm. like I, I wouldn't mind if it felt like a good military sci-fi story using a few aesthetics of the Halo universe. But like, you know, were you invested? Like I, I texted it to my brother. I think I said to you on Facebook, the scene where the Master Chief says, I believe in humanity and things are good where he's like framed Ooh. in front of some cherry blossoms while he's having that romance story Ooh. with the, the covenant spy w- w- was that good the trivergent version even if it wasn't master chief and he was just a generic space soldier i'll say no and also i think uh, halo is the one that made me start thinking about how much my time has been purchased because like <laughs> um i was i'm only i only finished it because i want to have this conversation with you uh <laughs> and yeah uh otherwise i i wouldn't have kept on watching it or and like yeah i definitely would stop so- sooner if it wasn't called halo but i, I because I, here's yeah like because... really quickly and and like it's like a weird in, it, it seems almost part of the industry where like they put this out and then like i've seen youtubers getting like fatigue on this where they're like yeah you know because this is what i talk about like this is what i rag on this is what i 
insult. And then, like, therefore, um, companies get that, like, boost that we were talking about before, like, bad publicity, but, like, it, it gets the ratings, it gets people talking, and it's purchase time, not art that we should, has not art that's earned our time. There you go. Yeah, that is true. And I guess that's why, like, you know, remakes and rehashes and things with IPs is kind of like if you have an installed pace, you could at least have an audience who who's, have purchased their time to hate watch it or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, my guess is why I think you left the Halo on a slightly more positive atten- uh, opinion uh, than me is because the last episode was they did two, a few smart things. Number one, they had the prophets admit that they hate the blessed one yes. almost as much as the audience. <laughs> that, was, that was, I wiped the sweat from my brow when they did that. I was like, oh my God, that was close. That was so close. I thought they were going to make her their queen. I, I thought I felt that was where you're going. That earned me like 40 points of goodwill. <laughs> the, the space folks hate her as much as I do. Yeah, we'll kill her once yeah. we're done. I'm like, oh my God, thank you. Jesus, and that was she gets, close. She, she gets shot. And there's like a not terrible action sequence at the end where the Spartans go and kind of win the day. And it was like, uh, okay, uh, even though I, I really hated the, the, you know, the quote subverting expectations where like you could feel like the snide showrunner uh, writer's room being like, okay, you think you want Master Chief who doesn't talk? We'll give you Ooh. Master Chief who doesn't talk. <laughs> yeah. Cortana's going to control him, oh, which to yeah. me makes no sense. Well, you know, if that made sense, then why isn't Cortana like, hey, it's me. I'm controlling Master Chief. Woo. Oh, my God. Yeah, the... The um, the, it's the close your eyes and win thing that yeah. I hate so much that drives me so crazy. Uh, Ray did it in The Force Awakens, um, in Man of Steel. Oh my god, like, cause like I love stepping to bat for Man of Steel because I think that's an amazing movie, but it has the giant finger poke in my eye of uh, for no good reason. Um, Superman is able to beat the world machine when we are specifically said that it takes away his powers. He just closed his eyes and says, ah, I'll just blow it up anyway. And I'm like, <laughs> so then like, yeah, like, um, at the end here, like, uh, just close your eyes and just let, um, Cortana win. Like, oh, okay. You're like, all you do is just let, let her win. I, I guess like. I guess the, there's the, the sacrifice of his humanity and how he'll get it back. It just, I, I did not like that to get out. Like if for all of my stories for at the ending to get out of the unstoppable situation, it has to be um, a combination of what the characters have learned up to that point and then used as the final blow. Not yeah, it, get it's hard. It's a, it's interesting because um, bringing it back to manga, what makes a great manga versus a shitty manga is the power up moment and the the win card. Uh, you know when you do it, it's like this you know Dragon Ball Z Super Saiyan transformative. Oh my god, this is so cool! It's been built up, and this is the culmination. There's a moment like that coming in One Piece. I'm curious to see what, how you'll react to it uh, once it's animated and mm-hmm. you see it in real time. Um, and, you know, the question is, did you earn that moment or uh, are you just pulling it out of your ass as a win card? Uh, 
Uh, and this kind of is a little bit of a win card. Although, if you ask me, I, I feel like Master Chief uh, could have like um, won the day without using Cortana, since the power of Cortana just like what he dual wielded and did a little John Wick action, mm. and then called. I, I don't see why he couldn't have like asked the Pelican to come in, or that she did anything she co- he couldn't, other than touch the stupid Halo artifact, which they threw in uh, as a contrived plot point. Uh, but even then, I feel like he could have had the pelican—I don't know—rope lifted in or, or some other bullshit. But you, you know, it was like they're—they're t- they're very like, yeah, we're subverting expectations. I <laughs> <And when laughs> think now we gave you the master chief, but we 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 screwed over Pablo Shiver or whatever the guy's name is—the actor's name, Jimmy Rings. <laughs> Jimmy Rings is no more. Uh, but now we gave you the master chief, but he's kind of dull and lifeless and and an emotionless robot. Don't you feel terrible? <laughs> um, okay. you know what no <laughs> so so this um I, I there's something that ended with last time which is uh we have to remember the old ways like we we can't let them be purchasing your time and i think like unfortunately sometimes the ip you want to be doing what you want doesn't and um please try to find uh roughneck starship troopers so you can see God. halo done right <laughs> like you, I don't know if it'll exactly- be up to Varenhovens, but uh, you know, I know, I know you you've been telling me that, that that's like a, something I should watch on the Saturday morning binge. Wait, what was that uh, about you know, the Verhoeven thing? What'd you say? Oh, because you know, it, it, it's like a Saturday morning kids cartoon, so they can't do the you know the Starship Troopers gore that you know the Verenhoven. Yes, movie. they could. Uh, at- yes, they did. Sort of. Did they? Yes. Yeah, all right. So what? I, I, I'm not I'll sure how the PG. I'll, it, I'll have to see what the PG version of that is. Yeah, it's C- it's CGI. Um, and I can't tell how, like what, what you're seeing will not be, it's not Saturday morning cartoon. Like, I don't know how they got away with it. If, if, uh, what they ended up making way back then, um, would be the equivalent of like Netflix original TV series animated for Halo. Like, Mm. um, you will see some tragic deaths, heroic deaths, um, piles of like bugs and, uh, oh, and like the, the the running theme through all of it is winning battle, losing war, mm. and yeah, all the way up to the last shot, which is fantastic. Which all plus right, for yourself, uh, I'll see if I can uh, throw it into my gym playlist when I'm uh, you know going to work, trying to work out, and putting I, it on my YouTube. I think you'll be you. I think you'll be pleased. Like I said, what you're asking for. From the loneliness to the darkness of war to winning battles, losing war, and the wonder of space and uh, squads working together, uh, it's really fucking good. It, it's a unknown great, and yeah, like so. Yeah, like when it comes to a geeking, if you want to find good Halo, you got to go elsewhere. You got to find the comic books. Yeah, or yeah you got to go to the, the Roughnecks uh, yep. cartoon, or, or, or maybe, maybe there was the a good be- run the- of the comic book. But, like, yeah, we can't rely on the corporations to always do it. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't, like with Kenobi. I'm curious to see if, you know, because they got, like, a second season that was already pre-ordered uh, before the second, first one hit. And I hear the showrunners are gone. Oh. If someone's going to, like, pull, pull a uh, monkey out of a hat and, and maybe they can get someone who actually, like, played Halo co-op. Did you say that the showrunners are gone? I, I, I'd have to confirm. I thought I read that the showrunners left uh, for the second season or were booted or something like that. <laughs> Good. Um, uh, so I, I no, uh, no, no, no hate toward them, like, but this did not hit. And 
I would love for another creative team to give a shot. Uh, I, I would love to see if someone could uh, s- salvage it. Uh, you know, there's definitely some things like some actions. Did you like? Did you like all that Spartan conflict in like the eighth episode with Catherine Halsey and God? She had like, that like Amber Heard, uh, hot white girl energy. Um, like I'm the smart. <laughs> uh, what Spartan conflict? Which part? Because I uh, did. Because well, I'll say like I did like Halsey. Um, because like there's like this question that keeps coming up that like. So, like, the, the first time I encountered or tried to use this question, like, in, in social media, which went terribly, which is, will you be, are you, uh, it, it's a, a quote from Three-Body Problem, would you sell your mother to a whorehouse? Uh, which is, like, if the stakes are all of fucking humanity, are you willing to do the worst thing possible? And, like, there's, like, this one episode of Battlestar Galactica where they're talking about, like, you know, um, banning abortions because... Holy shit, we're on the the edge brink of like losing all of humanity, and I was like, yeah, I'm sorry, but like, if we're on the edge, uh, I'm I'm willing to become the bad guy. Like, I don't want to, but I will sacrifice everything that I think is good so that humanity can have a chance in the future to be good ever again. And Halsey seems to be doing that. I, I, I well, you you know video game Halsey. Uh, you've seen her in Reach. She's kind of like this Kane Tankerous, smartest girl in the room. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy that. Although to, to me, like it feels like um, the situation isn't dire enough to like justify her methods. And uh, you know, having one extra super soldier isn't going to do much against uh, you know a fleet of Covenant ships. So I think that's not the best question to answer mm-hmm. or, or ask. And I feel like. The, the series didn't quite um, set up the stakes, given the fact that Reach has not fallen. Uh, and, like, you know, only in episode eight do they really set up why the Covenant is a threat. And I, I was, like, so annoyed where it's like, this should have been in the first episode, where mm-hmm. they're, like, looking at a horror at, at a glass planet, and it's, like, 9-11 times 11. Oh, here. Will you watch the, the next season of Halo? Probably. Did they purchase your a- time? Yeah, they did because <gasps> I'm a because I'm a masochist. Oh, I, you actually shocked me right there. I I really felt you're like, um, going to say, but I mean, I, I should is some say fun no. Being able to I be able to say, comment on this kind of stuff, but considering that like I love terrible media and I loved hate watching Halo yep. almost as much as you loved hate watching Picard. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I will probably be there with the Paramount Plus to see this tragedy <laughs> continue. I yeah, I fully get you like. Uh, I, I, I'm not. Yeah, I forget if I said. Yeah, it, um, Strange New Worlds is a slight disappointment because it's really good. And then, like, uh, while, while we were talking, to, we like did our review on four. Uh, there are four hosts. I was saying like how I was disappointed. I was like, yeah, I kind of hate watching this as part of like part of Star Trek now. Um, <laughs> and then my friend, she's reminded me like there's still another season of Picard coming. I'm like, oh, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm there, and with, like with yeah, all the original cast. You're you're, you're still gonna get some. Uh, oh yes, crack <laughs> knuckles. Uh, um, and then cracked. yeah, like that, that's the answer to um, a lot of like there's like memes. If you don't like it, then just don't watch it. And <laughs> then like to me, like the answer to that is what you said. Like, well, I won't know I don't like it if I don't watch it. So I always like giving okay. a chance. But I, I'm surprised that you were you were like uh, I can understand why you're fine. I think that ending like um, 
I think throws it's my a few bo- Halo bones at, at you, and obviously killing the the. It's did, like, did you like the, the the romance between Master Chief and McKee and the, the infamous sex scene of Master Cheeks, Jimmy Rings' uh, uh, sex scene? No, all that was okay, so like <laughs> so. I think um, the with what's going on with Halo for me is like I can't really be rattled by what they do to it because like my definitive experience is the game with my friends and that's it. And I I plan I don't I, I I'll be honest I I barely followed the uh, actual story. Uh, while because like while it's happening, my mind is still too much on the combat all the time and and coordinating with friends, so that when the cutscenes happen, usually it's just like a, a time to rest my mind until I have to engage again. Um, but then like uh, I've been like I've seen there's fantastic lore channels rising up that just love science fiction and the science fiction. I love that like when like I actually like watch it, watch it. Like Halo's got some fantastic world building fiction and. Shit's been going on that's been really well done, and then they've dropped the ball in other places. But well, I mean, you can't say all Halo's been pure. Like the purest Halo was the Bungie Halo. Yes, and you know the Microsoft Halo has struggled in yeah. in ways been just as bad as uh, at times as as this Halo. Oh, yeah. but, you know, it's still it's still fun. It's still built on the gameplay foundation of. Um, you know, that Bungie built. So you know, when there's a new Halo game, I'll probably play it because you don't get them that often. Um, we should but, co-op uh, Infinity, uh, Infinite. Uh, maybe, maybe if I, uh, yeah, we we should give it a shot. Um, I I play it with you. Uh, once the co-op fucking um comes up. Oh yeah, I, I was gonna I say it, it, it was supposed to come out in May. I don't know what happened. August is the shoot. I, I think it is cross. Uh, it's, it's coming soon. August. Okay, I guess August is as far as ways I think it is. But that's um, yeah, and I think I think it is crossplay, and I can play with you on my Xbox and you, uh, you on your PC. That is much later than uh, May. That like that is that is impressive. I'm not sure what happened, but they don't have the resources to get. Yeah, that it also like I don't know how you spend five hundred uh, million dollars on a game, and you, yet you still manage to like deliver games with less features than Bungie did with like one third of that budget like yeah. ten years ago. <laughs> there, I mean, like the reason exists. We don't know it, but they. I would really love to like. So yeah, how do you use five hundred million dollars and not have a basic feature? Like how? What programming line is keeping them from doing that? My guess is I think Halo Infinite had a really tortured development cycle, and the the, the, the reason that it even arrived as well as it did is like a near miracle. But basically, it was like five hundred million dollars for a grapple hook. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I look forward to co-oping you when that 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 uh, comes up. Um, I'd definitely be down for that. Uh, but I, I still think Halo's a disaster. Uh, I'm glad they killed the the romance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I I and I had fun hate watching it. But uh, you know, I, 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 let me do Halo. Let, let me in in there. Let me. You know, that'll never happen. <laughs> uh, so, were there any any other th- uh, topics uh, on your uh, list, or did we hit everything? Uh, lastly, is Kenobi. Oh God! So what, what do you think of Kenobi? Uh, so it's uh for me, unfortunately, uh, fine to bad. Uh, like <laughs> yeah. So oh, okay. My my history with this is like I never wanted more Kenobi. Why are you doing this to me, Star Wars? Um, so like ever since Return of the Jedi ended, I was like, I please tell me what happens with these heroes next. That's all I want to know. That's what I want to see. And then like I remember the news leaking out. George Lucas wants to Kenobi's back, so I'm like, what the fuck? Why? <laughs> like, we know what happened. I don't... 
And then, like, he did it anyway. And then, like, I'm like, all right, let's just get it out of your system so we can see what happens next. And then, like, it took over for 20 years. And um, now we're getting more Kenobi. And, like, I still barely got good Luke Skywalker. And now <laughs> with finally getting new Kenobi shoved down my throat, it's not even that good. Which, once again, they've purchased my time. I'm not going to not watch Kenobi. Yeah. Because um, people but, wanted this for a long time. And uh, to you and McGregor's credit, he has aged perfectly into yes. that role. It's such a shame he doesn't have good material. And to his credit, like how much he did say that he could give a shit about coming back. When he came back, he's crushing it in, in each one of his scenes. Like he's really fucking good. Yeah, I, I would not discredit his performance. That's uh, the- it's just. I would say that's the only good part that that is consistently very good. Like when he acts, like I'm is brought to my attention that how good of an actor he is. Like, uh, and then the rest of the show around him is just struggling to keep up. And um, oh, the 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 the, fir- the thing that really killed everything for me, Baby Leia. I uh, yeah, you did that. Yeah, there, you, it's there awful. are moments where she's like kind of cute, but then mm-hmm. she's like teetering to that line of insufferable child. Yeah, she does cute to mostly snotty, but like, you, for me, you have failed the moment you did that. I never want to see baby <laughs> Leia. Please take her off the screen. I don't want to see baby Luke even. I don't want this. Don't make her into a, a doll. Oh, God, you're making Carrie Fisher... Uh, it is so sick to me. Like, the corporation kind of emotional manipulation that they're using around Leia when just let Leia's story end, make some new stuff, please. And now, and and then also it, for me, it stinks of like continually to trying to up Leia's Jedi importance and continue to downplay Luke Skywalker's. Is yeah, they are. This is like, I hate to go into that, like, you know, uh, manosphere, mm-hmm. but uh, it does feel like this is like this, the, the backdoor, the, the backdoor Reva pilot, which now there's, there's rumors that she's going to get a TV series. Yep. Even though the other rumors said that she was going to be killed off, but I guess she has a redemption, get, maybe gets killed off and then gets resurrected like Shenick Fard, uh, Shenick Shard did, hmm. where she gets shot. Who's, who's that Boba Fennec. Fett? Uh, Boba Fett? Fennec, yeah. She, she gets killed off in the first season of Mandalorian, and then they put some robot parts in her, and she's good to go, so maybe uh, that that's the plan for Reva. She's gonna get some robot parts and then go on her own adventure. And then, like, what, what what's uh, the question that would have once come to mind is, but, like, when you go across, like, um, Twitter sphere, everywhere, you'll see Star Wars fans congregated. For the most part, like, she's not like, we don't want more. Um, uh, but we now have like it's the uh, the stream wars. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter if they're popular or not. All they care is about the next thing that's coming out, and that's uh, going to happen no matter how good or bad it is. Until like until we stop watching. Yeah, they manufactured that narrative perfectly because like mm-hmm. I mean she she's like f- fine, but like not like a. Uh, you know, super interesting character. She, she's got that s- sense of like all the other Inquisitors are like weird, you know, scarred people or weird aliens. Mm-hmm. But when you have like the uh, you know African American woman who looks just fine, yep. it's sort of telegraphing to the audience that like uh, you know, she, she, she's going to be a good guy or she's going to have a heel turn or not quite be able to be as bad as bad it can be. 
Yeah, like for me, like whenever they, I, 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 I always, I don't like it when you turn bad guys into good guys. I don't, because um, for me, unless there's some mind control in there, if you've crossed the line and found joy in murdering or killing innocent people, that's it for me. Like you're out. Like there's well, no. You can't have a good redemption arc. Uh, like, you know, Jamie Lannister had one of the best redemption arcs. True. Uh, and a great, re- you know, and how, how many fucking manga has, has, like, the previous villain come back? Like, oh, yeah. You know, I don't like as, it. When, like, like, Vegeta's my, 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 my gold standard of, like, I don't think we should ever forgive him. We should never allow him <laughs> in anyone's house. I've seen the episode where he was eating those lobster people, and he was pretty happy. No. <laughs> I don't care how much you apologize after that. You're out, Vegeta. Well, so. here's my my great uh, counter argument. What about Buggy the Clown? Um, uh, did he? Did I remember? So Buggy, I remember him being a goofball when I first saw him. He's still kind of silly. Would you say? Did we see any evidence that he has killed or tortured innocent people? Uh that I couldn't say. He tormented a town, uh, but okay. he didn't really. Uh, as far as I know, he didn't uh, kill anyone. But like Riva, uh, when she was about to do what she was about <laughs> she, to do, Leia, it didn't. She was about like to torture a child. Time. Yeah, this is not the first time she's been to a radio rodeo of torturing a children, a child. It looked like. So, <laughs> so you're kind of curious how she comes back from that. Yeah, or, like, or it, but like I would, I would love it if she could. But in this day and age, like the way it's written is, they'll just say that it, nah, she's good now. Now she's good. She's good now. Don't worry about anything else. It does feel like the Kathleen Kennedy woman power hour. You got that um, Deborah Chow is like the, the director slash showrunner. Uh, you got the, the Princess Leia uh, storyline and you've got uh, Riva yep. who's kind of like getting backdoor piloted. I feel uh, like in the <laughs> producer credits, I am not seeing like Filoni and nope. I did see <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy's name in there though. It's interesting to compare it to uh, Book of Boba Fett, which, mm-hmm. you know, was also kind of like, uh, you know, terrible in its own ways. But at least it was like having fun with the Star Wars and felt like gnashing yes. action figures, which th- there was a joy in the- this feels like, you know, the most aesthetic level of Star Wars storytelling with uh, quasi leftist, uh, you know, light leftist pandering because you can't go all the way. Kind of like the movies. Uh, yeah. But also just kind of like media, you know, just aggressively mediocre. Or, you know, some of it's a decent, but most of it's kind of like, you know, aggressively mediocre to bad. Like that terrible scene where a baby Leia gets kidnapped. God, that I because like I'm I, the, the the entire time I'm like all right, come on, calm down, Keith. Just let this uh, this let's let <laughs> maybe there's a way to change my point of view to see this as uh, and then like she's. Doing what probably to maybe a little kid looked like a really cool slide uh, to get away from. So I'm like, all right, you know, you know, maybe this is. I hate this. I hate this so much. I don't want to look at baby Leia and 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 find out that at age three she's as smart as a 37 year old. Okay, uh, like I just stop to fucking doing this. And then and then also once again, it's, it's the meta of like, so like. We're all here because Luke Skywalker saved the goddamn day. Well, God bless him and Mark Hamill. But then, like, in the movies, they turn him into Jake Skywalker by Rise of Skywalker. The person training the future Jedi is Leia. And, like, dude. And then, like, the the whole reason why uh, Obi-Wan is looking over Luke is because that Leia is on an entire planet that can protect her. 
Um, yeah, she's got like a powerful senator. Exactly. Uh, that was that was always the definitive uh, reason. Yep. And uh, and then well, like they, they also- do that one line that was uh, very telling to me, which is like, um, they're they're asking Obi Wan to go save her and, and leave Luke defenseless. Uh, anyway, the, and like he he's she's just as, as important as him, as if like anyone was trying to say that like the the male character is more important than the female character ever but they tried to change it into that and they did and no like they weren't having obi-wan there because luke is a boy it was because like yes leia is surrounded by a freaking planetary army she should be okay so yeah uh what you call it agreed uh so yeah, no. we get that the the the, the is the nasty cat is for me it's the nasty Kathleen Kennedy meta, uh, and then using surface level Star Wars, and then the people we love in Star Wars are barely being what they are. Oh, and also, uh, I it's, it's it's people being too tied to IP versus great art. Because um, another thing, I don't want to see Darth Vader on screen anymore. Please, like you're devaluing <laughs> him. Um, yeah, as he yeah. In, in the original movies, like yeah, he's he, he he's shown, but like he's like the 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 fist, he's like the the thing you fear and 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 the, and get past. Now the, he's a Power Ranger villain. He, he shows up each episode to you know not succeed, and it, it's just like bringing him down. And then like his armor, how he's wearing his cape, it all just looks so eh. The the worst thing I think uh, you could do with uh, uh, what you call Darth Vader is have him interact with like lore specific characters because then that puts like a you know he can't do anything of consequence to Obi Wan or uh, Baby Leia or he can't see Baby Leia or have any consequential interaction with her. Yes, that the the, the main problem with prequels in general, which I have always hated and wish they would stop doing, but yeah, we we are a little too trapped within. Um, IP versus yeah worlds and fun toy boxes that can be remixed into believable other stuff. But like, yeah, I think the thing is like, it's not just us anymore. They don't have to appeal just to the people who care about world building and character design and whatnot. Uh, like the, the final thing that like, well, not final. It was a thing that uh, woke me up as to what was going on with star Wars. When like on my Facebook, I'm just like, so yeah, what the fuck is going on? And like one of my friends was, like saying, I just like Star Wars, Keith. And I mentioned back to him like something like some detail about like science fiction, world building, while he goes, "No, Keith, I just like Star Wars." And um, <clears throat> that combined with this time, another friend, uh, I was showing her a Mauler video and mm-hmm. uh, going through the you know like the, uh, the the equations and like caring about lore and character development, and whatnot. And she was like, "You know, normal people don't see this, Keith, right?" I'm like, "What?" It's on the screen. And she's like, no, Keith, like, when normal people watch a movie, they aren't really watching the equations of, like, storylines and structures equaling to something great. They really are watching something just to feel. So, like, when you, like, watch, when they just sit down just to feel and they see, like, Captain Phasma come on the screen, even though Captain Phasma never actually did anything important. Oh, Captain Phasma is the biggest waste of time. I remember until 2015, they were, they, were, they were like, people were like, 
yes, it's so great that they got a woman for this Ooh. role. It was like, yeah, finally, Gwendolyn Christine, there's enough women in the cast was, of the new Star Wars. I was a huge, <laughs> and I maybe still am, but at the time, I was a gigantic Gwendolyn Christie fan. Um, I like, I was like, I was all into uh, Game of Thrones, and in Game of Thrones, like, everybody's like, you know, kind of, kind of shit and whatnot, like, but she's like the only character that acted like a normal fantasy good guy, and mm-hmm. she she yeah, played true. the role like she's really fantastic. So I was like, I couldn't wait to see her become a real Star Wars character, and you never got to see her face on the screen, and she didn't do anything. But that was like the biggest waste of time character. Like, you give that to a man because that was the most thankless role you could have ever asked for. Brutal. I don't know why they did that. I, I really wish felt like because like. Yeah, they had Gwendolyn Christie. So that all happened, and then, um, but but the, the the thing is, like how other people see it. It's not about the equations of like what she matters and how she adds up in the story. For normal people, shiny stormtrooper feeling, and then that's I think how some that's how we're getting just more Star Wars, whether it's good or not. It's you know in the pipeline. I'm curious to see how long that'll last because that 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 showdown between uh, Vader and Kenobi, oh, that was the, the dif- definition of mediocre. It was, felt very Sci-Fi Channel. He just kind of shows up. Yes. And also, one thing I was kind of curious is, um, as you say this, is, uh, uh, a GIF just appeared on my screen of Kenobi uh, smacking a stormtrooper with his stor- with his lightsaber like a bat because <laughs> it bounced off what, a stormtrooper. Because you know, what, they don't have what is the point? Mm-hmm. What is the point of Hayden Christensen playing Darth Vader? Because, like, James Earl Jones is still doing the voice, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, like, so James, so Hayden Christensen just puts on the armor? Is he uh, just, like, a stunt double? I, I, I have a feeling and hope that we're uh, waiting for a finale of, like, forced visions of seeing the two actors act to, talk to each other. Well, is he going to, like, take off the mask and we're going to see, like, a scarred Hayden Christensen? That's like, a- that, that's the only reason I could justify having him there if you're just going to do the James Earl Jones voice. I think, the, the, um, if they don't end up doing this, it is going to be, oh, my God, how much can you guys mess up? But, like, what I think is going to happen is, like, by the second to last or last episode, we're going to see uh, Hayden just looking like Anakin Skywalker again. And like through like a force vision, him and and uh, Kenobi will talk, and that would be the big payoff to finally see them on screen together again. I think, mm. but if they don't, if they don't, and like it's a waste, and we just get to see Hayden once, that's going to be sad and heartbreaking uh, to almost Luke Skywalker potentials of disappointment and uh, wasting an actor. So, what do you think of uh, the Andor trailer, though, in regards of Star Wars? Um, I think that uh, I don't care at all about Andor at all. <laughs> like, when it, from the moment it has been uh, announced to now, I'm just like, why? I don't care at all. Like, we saw his story from beginning to end. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like we're spinning our wheels, and like one of the only things reasons is like. Uh, Rogue One is the only one not, like, universally hated. Like, to me, Rogue One, because it wasn't awful and hateful to Star Wars, people call that the good one. Mm-hmm. But um, 
Yeah, I don't need more. It's just, it seems like it's just, it's more Star Wars stuff. That's what it really does seem that way. And it's got this like weird sort of like, I, I don't know, uh, like down and gritty fascist fighting uh, Republican smashing vibe where it's like, oh, the, the Imperials are coming, but there are no like neat aliens. It, it, it really does feel like it's like the Star Wars made for the hashtag resistance. Yes. I, I'm morbidly curious, but um, it, it feels like it's like uh, the, the film for the character nobody asked for or the TV show for the character nobody asked for telling the story nobody asked for. And I, I'm just curious to see if anyone shows up or uh, what what's going to happen when that that rolls out. It, it almost like doesn't matter if people show up or not. Like like I said, like as long as something, something comes out, it just comes out. And yeah, because like it, 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 like Oz stuff doesn't seem like it's reliant on buzz or ratings. Like the Discovery get, gets to keep on going, Ricard gets to keep on going. So yeah, like it, to me, like eventually we we all have to try to start doing the old ways of like um sometimes at star wars you will not be able to afford my time i may not <laughs> always give it to you and the kathleen kennedy it. fire hose of content yep i will need to watch i can't wait for uh zack snyder's uh bubble moon that i'm looking forward to uh, yeah, where they're just going to be giving balls to the wall and to make his own Star Wars. Yep, where he, like, yeah, like, like I've said before, like, George Lucas couldn't make Flash Gordon, we got Star Wars. Spielberg couldn't make Bond, we got Indiana Jones. Now we have it with Zack Snyder, can't make Star Wars. What do you do? What do you do? I just hope it's better than uh, Army of the Dead. I hope so, too, even though I liked Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead, uh, I, I agree with, like, all those flaws, but to me, like I, I enjoy him. He's genuine, even when he's fucking up. <laughs> so I, I just have that, fun. That is true. Uh, there is like, a, there is something very pure about Zack Snyder. Yes, um, like, that guy is. Even when he's fucking up, he he's loving what he's doing, and that's always fun for me. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. That does like kind of like make him. I just wish he would find like a really good writer to team up with who uh, could like craft stories that appeal to his sensibility. Because all of his best stuff is when he's like working from like a really good template versus when he's like gets to dictate it uh, on his own. Uh, all right. So I think are we, are we uh almost are we, are we pretty much you know got covered or anything? I, I think I think so. Yeah, we're like nearly two hours into this. Uh, I think we've covered all the bases. Uh, I guess um, one last thing I'd be curious to ask you about is, um, you know, because I agree with all that about Kenobi. Uh, um, you know, the, the, the narrative is, uh, what do you think of um, uh, Miss Marvel for the first episode? Oh, okay. And did I, um, did, was I rude? Did I not ask you in return for your, yeah, your full take on what Kenobi, how you felt about it? Um, I think it's, uh, you know, passable to mediocre uh, to bad. Uh, you know, all the things that the reactionaries are saying about it are true. Uh, I kind of hope it didn't suck, uh, but, uh, you know, it kind of is. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's also, like, not great. So it's just kind of like this uh, bleh of mediocre, uh, where it's not quite offensively bad, but it's not, like, noticeably good. Mm -hmm. And it's got, like, basically it's the the worst mode of storytelling for Star Wars, which is... um, the uh, 
acceptably media or the the, um, the you boys are already uh, going to watch it because it's Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Now it's the girls' time to shine. Yeah, which, uh, <laughs> I've been I, I noticing that mentality for quite a while. We already have you. You're gonna watch this stupid shit anyway. Yeah, now it's time to, uh, <laughs> stupid shit anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you have to, which uh, you know is happening a lot in uh, you know male dominated media, just because like geek culture is, uh, which is uh, you know we talked a little bit about Sarah Z, Sarah Z. She had made this video about the rise and fall of geek culture, mm-hmm. which I just watched because you know as far as I'm concerned. Uh, geek culture is still dominating and still a huge force, but the, 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 then at the very conveniently placed at the end of the nearly hour-long video, she mentions that, like, this isn't so much an examination of uh, geek culture being living or dead, but, like, the geek culture of the 2010s mm-hmm. and how all of the pillars of that uh, era uh, have all kind of run their course, like um, Josh Whedon, um, mm-hmm. whatchamacallit, Game of Thrones... Uh, have all come and gone and kind of uh, imploded on themselves. So that and Big Bang Theory have all reached their natural recourse. Uh, but, you know, I, I, obviously I, I was watching like, all right, geek culture is still going strong. What are you talking about? It's like, uh, OK, yeah, yeah, there, there you go. You, you won with the click bait. But yeah, um, real, real quick, like to you saying like uh, the, 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 the we already have you, you uh, uh, yeah. women's turn. <laughs> Now watch this ship is it, like Kevin Kenny kind of said that actually, and it's the it's the corporate world. Like it, it's not really uh, about corporate uh, social justice. It is that like um, they have they, they or they feel they have they've locked down millions and millions of of men, and we have their money, and corporations only go toward growth. So there's like uh, I remember uh, there's like a video where Kevin Kenny's like, yeah, there's also a trillion women, and we don't have any of their money. So why aren't we trying? And thus, we have the now well, back and forth of like making sure we get everyone's money. True, but I guess my counter argument. Um, you're pandering. It, mm-hmm. my, yeah, you're pandering. And how many of those normcore girls are? Did you ever see that video I did about Star Wars where I interviewed the uh, Yelp people uh, who I worked with um, and asked them if they watched any of the new Star Wars movies? Um, yes and no. Um, if I so with my YouTubers, I I use it specifically like just uh, I, I come to your videos only to be with you. So like if <laughs> if if, like, if one of like my YouTubers brings in like guest people to talk, it always puts me off. It, so I didn't it, see it, a good message. It, it was it was a it wasn't a long segment. It was just basically like um, I got all these like cor- sort of like basically these girls who were like as norm core as you can get, mm-hmm. as mainstream as you can get, and I asked them, uh, you know, do you like Star Wars for Ray? And most of them, like, still did not give a shit about Star Wars. Right. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I, I think you said this, like, uh, when we were talking about Halo, like, they're, I, I said they're, they're trying to get to a bigger audience. Are they, though? Are they? Like, uh, yeah, like, how much has new demographics started, like, you know, showing up at the comic book store to follow the books or buy the yeah, action figures? And There's this fantasy that, like, if you bring it, they will come. And I'm sure that there's some girls who love Ray yeah, and love cosplaying her and, uh, you know, really love the new characters. And I'm sure there's someone who's, like, doing Reva fan art and Baby Leia fan art. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's been so significant that it's, like, moved the, the needle in, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, a breakout character. Like, what we'll probably see with everything everywhere all at once. I, I feel like we're going to see a lot of Michelle Yeoh cosplayers and, and fan art. Yeah, and I think uh, it's from, like, or, right now. Or Squid Game. Huh? 
or, or, or any of the characters from Squid Game. You, you've seen them break out and become like uh, various one of them have been, co- co- you know, cultural icons like what you would call the tough North Korean girl is kind of like a fashion icon. The, the, the animatronic robot, the, the, the old man uh, have all kind of become like these sort of breakout characters that have been reinterpreted and uh, remixed and uh, reinvented as they've become a part. But so far, I've not seen anything of like this sort of like, um, you know, uh, girls get it done characters. Mm hmm. Uh yeah yeah um it sounds like uh the genuine genuinely giving a shit you can grow your audience and demographics if like you make something where you give, genuinely give a shit about and it's really good but then like there's the other kind of art which says I have your attention no matter what so I'm gonna <laughs> do what I want and you're like okay and now uh they get organic advertisements to people who would not normally have known Kenobi was back on TV. By doing like racist articles, like through all those articles, <laughs> now like millions of people who have not given a shit suddenly care about Kenobi. It, it is the most insidious marketing scheme where it's like n- now you have to support our mediocre product because it's part of the hashtag resistance, and you have to. It, it, I I really wish I could talk to someone who's like in PR. Who actually like proves that some of these things are manufactured uh, mm-hmm. of turning something into a cultural signifier? Yeah, because I, I was saying like, um, as a black person myself, like uh, I, I encounter racism and and no articles get written about me. <laughs> um, and like I was saying like how my friends like yeah like I'm sympathetic if she's getting harassed by people like, that 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 sucks. But like oh, yeah, and, uh, once you just reach- to, you know as as we all have to say obviously I don't think she deserves any no, harassment. No. Uh, yeah, 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 but the, the 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 thing is, like, once you re- reach a certain level of fame, seeing that stuff is going to become one hundred percent. No matter like who you are, uh, you, if you reach a certain level of fame, you're going to be seeing some shit. Um, and that's just like it's it's part of the job. Like, you have to not care. You can choose not to care about this section, but like, yeah, if you're famous, you're going to see it. And like other people, black, white who's reached similar levels of fame, they've seen it as well. But, like, they don't have a cultural movement around them that advertises their TV show. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure Jimmy Rings probably doesn't want to look at his Instagram feed. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Jimmy Rings has seen some horrible things, but no articles around it. So, like, yeah, it's, like, to me, it's, that's, what, uh, that's, uh, that's fake SJW to me. Like, if you care about racism, you're supposed to care about it every day, all the time for everybody, not when it's, you know, you, know, you, you need an advertising boost. Yeah, which is where it gets all very icky and, you know, you have to have the right opinions or else <laughs> oh, you don't get on the, you get to go on the corporate websites and uh, watch out. You have to have the, the, the good opinions or else you don't get the sponsorships, yeah. which is, I guess, why I like the new season of The Boys, because The Boys, for whatever reason, is allowed to, like, poke back at that. I'm actually the – so, like, um, Ms. Marvel, uh, I am not – so I saw it and I think it's fine. Um um, my ex had a daughter, and I fully saw like being the daughter. We 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 love movies and, and geeking together, and like I get to see through her eyes, like the kind of stuff that young girls, or at least her, likes. And well, what, what did she think? Because I, I saw half of Miss Marvel. I'm probably going to finish it up after we're done with this conversation. Uh, I could uh, be wrong, but this is, looks exactly like what she liked. Like it's constructed for a kid or person 
like them in that age group where like how the characters act, interact and whatnot. It is like some of the TV shows that I used to watch with her. So it's kind of like, I get what they're going for. They aren't making this for me at all. So <laughs> I'm okay with like not watching it. And I don't even have to really have that much of an opinion on it. Cause like they like, it's like, if you don't like country music, then you know, what's, what is really your opinion on this country music song? Um, what what I seen, I thought it was fine. I thought it was really cute. Um, you know, I I was like, you know, more towards positive, uh, leaning so far from what I've seen. Uh, I think it does. I think it was really smart on uh, their part to like kind of, um, cast kind of like a, uh, not like, uh, you know, the hot Mia Khalifa kind of, Mm -hmm. um, Islamic girl. They, they intentionally went for like the very chubby, very believable girl, which I, I thought was like a really was a really nice touch. Uh, so uh, and so far it's been re- really cute. So I, I so far I don't have any complaints uh, other than them l- like um, I, one thing I would love to see that I know that they'll never do um, is uh, you know considering that the whole you know, having a Muslim super- superhero is really important is like what do you do and, and the, I, some of the comics I don't know if they ever do that but like how do you rectify having a religious faith in a world where there there are deities that walk among you mm. <laughs> and look. Literal Norse gods, um, that, that like trample over your belief system, uh, where you actually have living proof of the supernatural. That is legit science fiction that they have no desire to ever sit down and ponder. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, like, with what sure you're saying, you- like I fully agree. Like what I'm, like I said, like uh, it being for a different demographic. When I say it, uh, isn't an insult. It like it's well done for someone else. Like for me. I'm seeing good stuff on screen. The actors seem quite nice, fine. I love Scott Pilgrim um, and that being done. It's just like, uh, this is yet another MCU TV show that I'm not dying to continue to watch. <laughs> it doesn't you, quite have, have you, a, like, that, that narrative hook. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably I'd be locked into it for morbid curiosity, um, unless it like really drops the ball uh, on something. Because uh, you know, as I said, I only watched you know. Oh, I'm locked in for the boys, but for this, you know, I only watched half an episode before uh, coming here. Uh, I'm gonna finish it, and I, I'm morbidly curious to see the. Uh, but you know, everything I think is uh, doing well. You know, I don't think it's as strong as like something like the Spider Verse, which also had that kind of like mm-hmm. in your face aesthetic. Uh, but you know, I think it's, uh, you know, I haven't seen anything objectionable. I think the, uh, idea, you know, it gets the teenage angst very well. I'm curious to see how they handle her powers since they got rid of the inhumans and the stretchiness, uh, that she originally had, which I, can I just uh, give, give you a minor rant? I no, there's nothing funnier than the Ike Perlmutter, like inhumans where they were like trying to push them as like the new X-Men because <laughs> Ike Perlmutter was such a spiteful bastard. He didn't want to give any promotion I to the, like the Fox X-Men movies. I remember this. And like, I, I was, I, I've watched like, like, can they pull this off? Cause, uh, let's, this, let's see them try. Cause they're really pushing hard to say they, that the they inhumans push are the so hard. X-Men. And, and, and from a surface level, you could say that, like, it's the same bullshit. It's just people who, you know, just a different explanation for their powers, but they're still oppressed. They're still kind of weird, freakish powers and whatnot. And how do they integrate in society? Uh, same shit, uh, except for they have, like, a royal family. And they did not <laughs> succeed in pushing it. So it's just funny that, like, you know, the Inhumans. One day I want to make a video about all the MCU, not MCU shows that were uh, run under the Marvel TV banner under Mike Perlmutter, like Cloak and Dagger, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, Runaways, uh, The Inhumans Show. And Agent and, and Carter, that- <laughs> which is 
brutally underrated. Agent Carter is one of the best shows I've seen, and no one gives a shit. Like, I'm sorry, like, really quickly, another thing I want to talk about that, well, I won't go too far in, like, the every time I see Captain Carter, I snort. I go, no, <laughs> no, you don't deserve her if you don't watch Cat, uh, Agent Carter. Where Agent she Carter. Is amazing. She's like a, a superstar waiting to happen. And I, I'm surprised that show like uh, didn't take off as more, more than I thought it would. No uh, one cared. I tried so hard to get all my <laughs> friends into it. Uh, me and my girlfriend at the time were watching it. And like we were just like every episode, we were just like, okay, so like really how good can they do with this character that like no one really cares? Oh, my God. is because it like, yeah, the show to me was like uh, uh, Indiana Jones meets... Um, the Rocketeer, uh, yeah. and like Haley Atwell has the charm and likability of a Peter Parker. It was amazing. So sorry, and she's got those uh, that that wonderful you know her secret weapon those that pillowy cle- cleavage. Oh, uh, she's beautiful! She's a gross. Yeah, she's a gorgeous woman. Uh, that obviously doesn't hurt. Uh, yeah, it's amazing that 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 never like quite took off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what was the original point I had? I, I I'm track. so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, my mind was wandering, um, but you know, I, I think uh, Miss Marvel's like uh, perfectly fine and uh, sweet and uh, everything it needs to be. Oh yeah, the, her powers—that's what I was okay. sort of talking about. Uh, and the Inhumans. So like, they retconned her powers. So I'm kind of curious to see what her new powers are. Um, and I'm morbidly curious to see how she maintains her Muslim faith. Or, but you know, it seems like it's taking more of a boys' direction, where like the superheroes are like you know movie stars. She's obsessed with movie stars versus like. Literal gods that contradict the teachings of, uh, you know, you, the, the Quran. Oh, you know what the boy? So uh, I, um, I, I'm, I've gotten really sick of like watching things along with the rest of humanity because I don't want to do any kind of political fighting over like if it shows good or bad. So mm-hmm. I, I, feel, I stay away from the boys a little bit for that reason. And now, like, it feels like nobody's talking about the boys anymore. So now I'm kind of excited to go back to the boys right now. And uh, to me, I think that the boys, what you're describing, sounds like it is the answer. It is the image comics to Ms. Marvel. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it 100% is the image comics to the um, – does it hit all the time? Uh, not 100, but I, I've been enjoying the most recent season. Uh, I think it's been really strong. Uh, and I, I think it is kind of like the image comics. You know, that and Invincible uh, yes. has been like the image comics alternative uh, to uh, what you would call it, the, the sort of bland, cut and save Disney stuff. So, oh, yeah, so yeah, I'll be in back. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be going back to to uh, the boys pretty soon, especially like it. Like, yeah, I'm glad that it's away from everything. I just want to watch the show and let it stand or fall on its own. So, yeah, I think uh, I think we should start wrapping up. Yep, I think we've definitely spent a good time. I should probably go get something to eat and uh, get something accomplished today outside of doing some fun talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll make myself some dinner. So, um, any final thoughts on Doctor Strange and the attack of the multiverse? Uh, I think the multiverse is a tool. It could be used for good, like Chip and Dale. It could be used for bland, like uh, Doctor Strange. It is all just a matter of the creators. Um, uh, make Chris Lord and Phil Miller uh, be responsible for everything, and then we will have no more problems. True, true. And I'll say that, um, yep, multiverse can be good for you, good or evil. I think we are in the middle of like what comic books used to be, Um where a lot of people get into IPs and then like creative teams change and then that can wake you up to it not being the IP that you're following, but creative teams. And 
that um more and more I'm noticing how much it feels like my time is being purchased and I'm not sure how much I'm gonna to continue to just give it away. Um uh yeah. So like I'm not Star Wars, I'm I'm not yeah, I'm not sure and Star Wars and MC and like it's already happened with MCU, it's not it's no longer guaranteeing my uh, attention or viewing because <laughs> yeah, it's not always good, which is how comic books were. So true. True. Uh, that good old pull list. Well, thank you for so much for having me. Hell yeah. Um, one look, Isaac, where can we find more of your work on the internet? Uh, lobster bag did. Hopefully I'll post something soon. Uh, I got this $400 microphone. God damn it. I got to put it to good use, Woo! but, uh, I, I don't know. So, so sometimes, when the muse is not flowing, uh, you know, uh, uh, the scripts don't flow as much. They don't flow like the spice should. Gotcha. <laughs> I hope you find your, your inspiration, and I look forward to the next video. And oh, th- Thank you. Your word, man. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Keith Hayward. I'm on uh, Instagram at, at Keith Justice. And you can find this podcast and more on popgeeks.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you out there in the multiverse. See you later. Of madness. (laughs) 